Hello, are you a scumbag junkie or some worthless coquette, boozebag loser with little to no hope left? Or maybe you're a stoner, scrambling around all day hopelessly from one hit to the next, hoping your buddy still has their sweet connect to that fire shit. Is your life in the toilet? Well, don't fret. We have good news. We have a ticket out of this life of restlessness, irritability, and discontentment. Now, I know what you're thinking. Another detox? Another rehab? Fucking AA meetings? Nope, it's something new. And now, I know, you dumb new school kids in the back are like, it's Kratom or Kava or Melatonin or some shit. No, no, no. And before you ask, no, it is not some outpatient program where you sit around with other losers and lament all the dumb shit you've done. No, our solution is finally easy. Really easy. Just plant your dumbass in front of the computer and listen to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. That's right, listen to 24 to 36 hours straight and watch your cravings just melt away. That's right, Dopey, on the dark comedy of drug addiction. It's free and it works. Next time you have a craving, don't call the man. Tune in to Dopey. Note, side effects of Dopey may include stupidity, restless leg syndrome, compulsivity to eat chocolate, and the need to say toodles. Also, Dopey will not cure any sort of actual withdrawal or any symptom of drug addiction, alcoholism, or craving. If you feel any actual symptoms or hopelessness, you should probably check into detox or find the nearest meeting. Thank you. And here's Dave and Chris. You feel like no one understands your affliction When you feel like no one's home so alone in your addiction Well if your dealer lives the left then put your headphones on and walk to the right episode of Dopey is brought to you by our friends at Oro Recovery. Located in sunny Southern California, Oro was created by our friend Bob Forrest and his friends Evan, Jared, and Bob. Their mission? To create a treatment facility that helps addicts and alcoholics by using compassion and connection rather than control. Their staff has decades and decades and decades of experience in treating co-occurring mental health disorders, including the dread SMI. They make sure that your detox is as comfortable as possible, which we all know is critical. If you're kicking, you want a comfortable kick. They have amenities you wouldn't believe. Fucking sound bath meditation, yoga, equine therapy, and of course, the potentially spiritually transformative sweat lodge. I was transformed in the sweat lodge, spiritually. Anyway, everybody who I know has ever been to Oro says great things. Newsweek rated them like top five rehabs ever created. 
It's an amazing place to get well. If you're fucked and you're willing to go to sunny Southern California, I cannot suggest going to Oro enough. Check them out at ororecovery.com. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our very good friends at Sober Buddy. What is Sober Buddy? It is the blue fluffy guy you may have seen in social media ads, but more importantly, it is an amazing app that helps you to become and to stay sober They and clean. They have a million challenges that help with your mindfulness. It shows where you're ready. If you're not sober or clean right now, it, it gets you ready. If you're sober curious, Sober Buddy app is for you. They have a free sober tracker. Check it out at YourSoberBuddy.com in the App Store or in the Google Play Store. I use the Sober Buddy app like every day, and I cannot suggest it enough. Get it at YourSoberBuddy.com. App Store, or the Google Play Store. This episode of Dopey is also brought to you by our very good friends at Soberlink. We know each and every person that's in the fight against alcohol addiction has their own reason for recovery. Maybe it's a husband, a wife, a daughter, a son, a mom, a dad, a best friend, a colleague, a job, hobby, or just for yourself. Whatever your reason for recovery, we're all in this together. On Dopey, our mission is all about community, fun, dumb shit, staying connected, and working to break the stigma, which is why we've partnered with Soberlink to expand and strengthen our community even further, not to mention Chris used to use Soberlink. Soberlink is a remote alcohol monitoring technology created to help provide accountability for people in recovery. The system includes a high-tech breathalyzer device with facial recognition that allows you to share your sobriety in real time with loved ones who can offer support in the event of a relapse or a slip. Soberlink has helped hundreds of thousands of people document proof of sobriety in real time to help rebuild trust and foster peace of mind. Soberlink is currently building a strong community of people in recovery through an online forum where people can read and share their recovery stories. Get inspired and inspire others today by joining the community at www.soberlink.com dopey. Don't be shy. Join the community at www.soberlink.com dopey. Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast on drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. My name is Dave, and this week is a very, very, very special episode of Dopey. I mean, to be honest with you, to me, every episode is very special. But this is the Dopey Day, a.k.a. Christmas in August Dopey episode, because this week, Chris would have been 38 years old, and we pay homage to Chris in this episode. There's a lot of stuff happening this week. You know, it would have been Chris's birthday. So in honor of that, we call it Dopey Day, which is August 16th. I want everyone who is a Dopey listener, Dopey Nation member, Dope, Dopey it, whatever you call yourself, uh, please show solidarity with us and the movement and Chris and put the fucking Dopey logo over your eyes on social media. It is a small movement, but it's something. So do it, please. This week, I also get fucking uh, seven years 
in recovery, which I'm very excited about. And when we started making Dopey, um, I never thought I would have seven years. And I think Dopey has been a huge positive force in my recovery. So I want to thank you guys for listening and for being a part of it. And um, I know it's been good for me and I hope it's been good for you. And I know it's been fun for me and I hope it's been fun for you guys. And then we have fucking DopeyCon right around the corner and tickets are going like hotcakes and they're going to get sold out. So if you have a thought in your head, oh, I kind of want to go to DopeyCon, you should fucking get a ticket. They're available on the Dopey Podcast website, which is dopeypodcast.com. I just talked to Brandon Novak yesterday. He is coming. Andy Roy is coming. Aaron Carr is coming. There will be special guests. It's going to be good. I'll be there. Linda will be there. My dad will be there. Smiling Joe will be there. Fentanyl Jay will most probably be there with enough cajoling. And uh, it'll be a good time. And and so many dopes in the Dopey Nation will be there. And it will be, and Katz's is going to be there. It's going to be pastrami sandwiches made. It's going to be music. I'm this close to having convinced Ray Brown to be there. So hopefully Ray will come. And I hope you guys are going to come. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Please come. It also supports the Dopey Foundation, our new 501c3, which is a nonprofit set up to help addicts by addicts and friends and family of addicts. Also, just before we get into this show, because this show has a lot of a lot of emotionality in this show, a lot of triumph, tribulation, sadness, laughter. We, we run the whole gamut. The whole Megillah is on display. Um, but before we get on with it, I want you guys to please subscribe to Dopey YouTube. Subscribe to the show. I don't know where you subscribe. Wherever you get your podcasts, if you can subscribe, subscribe. Subscribe to YouTube. Join Patreon. I just put up a never-before-seen video talk with Amy Dopey Drez Dresner on Patreon. Check it out. It's up right now. So much good shit on there. This show, like, you know, like... I talked about it the week that Chris died. Whenever we do shows like this, I find myself listening to more Dopey, and I swear that when I put the headphones down, it feels like I can just call Chris up. Drug addicts relapse, and and people who relapse die. You know, obviously, you guys know that if you listen to the show. I'm sure so many of you guys have friends uh, that died that aren't Chris or Todd or Dave Marshall or Troy or Colleen MC or Liam, or, you know, the litany of people, or Andrew, the hippie hobo, dopey intern. Yeah, if you guys want to be dopey interns, you should let me know. Drop an email. I need help. I'm ready to take this thing to the next level. Finally ready to take this thing to the next level. And there's so many dopes in the Dopey Nation who do help, and I appreciate all of you. Of course, the great Cormac, Katie B, who helps me with the Patreon Zoom, Steph, Crystal Steph, who puts her heart into the Dopey Zoom. Check out uh, dopeypodcast.com and you can get the, the Dopey Zoom schedule. That's going to go on there in a minute. Uh, Lizanne helps out with that. The number, the, the one and only fucking Scott Wick, who put a little tune together in honor of Fentanyl J's shout-outs. Should play that song. We'll get back to that song. Uh, there's another person 
in, I mean, there are too many people in Dopey Nation to mention uh, that help. Paulina Pacheco stepped up and she's basically done all of the Dopey TikTok. And then this other dude, Brandon, who does a podcast called The Narcissistic Apocalypse, he did some videos for TikTok. So there's so many people contributing to this community and I appreciate all of you guys. And there's one other person I want to mention. I mean, there's too many people to mention, but I'm going to mention one other person because uh, she's on the show this week. Her name is Annie Ellie. She's from England. She was one of the original Dopey Zoom people, and she started uh, a Dopey Zoom meeting called the Dopey Birds, and she did it every Sunday for, I think, almost two years. Um, and she has a fucked up story to tell, and... Dopey Day, all the Chris remembering is all about uh, celebration and despair. And Annie Ellie was in despair, but now it's cause for celebration because she didn't die. So um, here's Annie Ellie. But before we get to Annie Ellie, I just got this email. And, um, you know, it's, it's very serendipitous. You know, is it odd or is it Todd? It's from a guy named Leonard. He says, Dave. Please give this file a listen and consider playing it on an upcoming episode. I've been sitting on it for over a year, but I just listened to the episode with Johan Hari where you guys talk about Rat Park and the power of connection, and I realize that I need to do something to participate in this great dopey nation beyond just listening. Hope you enjoy it. And um, here, I'm going to play it now. If you like 12-step, talking to God... Sick of the condition in your mind and body. If you like to do smart or go it alone. If you're waiting in line for the methadone. If you like to eat shrooms and listen to the dead. Squirt that keyboard cleaner in your head. Smoke meth, shoot coke, or chug it ever clear. Cause you're not a motherfucker who is two or three beers. Hit him with the dopey, hit him with the dopey. Hoop the shooter, hoop, hoop the shooter. Hit him with the dopey, hit him with the dopey. Hoop the shooter, hoop, hoop the shooter. If you're a blackjack debtor, 13th stepper. Hobo on the street getting treated like a leper. With severe mental illness who just can't quit. The drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. If you're driving to a meeting or the spot to cop And you're tired of the preachers and the classic rock Turn the radio off and hit play on your phone With the Dopey Podcast you'll never be alone Hit him with the Dopey, hit him with the Dopey Hoop the shooter, hoop hoop the shooter Hit him with the Dopey, hit him with the Dopey Hoop the shooter, hoop hoop the shooter And thank you Leonard, I cannot thank you enough If anyone's sitting on a Dopey song like that, send it in and, uh, and, and if you guys have an opinion about Leonard's song, drop an email at dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Also, read, you know, send in the reviews. I think the reviews are more important than the emails. And I'm thinking about starting a new beef with a, with a new sober podcast out there. So we need to really stack up on reviews before we get into the new world of dopey beefs. But uh, here's an old school dope hitting us with the dopey, the one and only Annie Ellie. From England, from the UK. And I'm on the telephone with a, a dopey uh, OG, a, a, an old timey listener from across the pond. Her name is Annie Ellie. I like to say Annie Ellie. Annie Ellie, what's going on? Hey, Dave. Hey, Dopey Nation. How I'm long <laughs> how long have you been listening to Dopey? Um, so do you know what? 
I've just started listening to it again. I'm on like episode um, 63 or something. And I remember when there was about 20 or 30 episodes and there's loads missing now that I'm like, where's this one? Where's this one? <laughs> so since then, whatever year that was. Wow, that's a long time ago. And, uh, and Annie also always sent in voicemails for the show, which is why I say your name the way I do, because that's the way you always said it. <laughs> Hello, Dave. Hello, Dopey Nation. Um, my, my English accent is not as good as it used to be. Um, but I'm having you on because, first of all, I love to hear you. I love to hear your, your accent, and I, I love to talk to you. But I'm having you on because of your harrowing recent story. And I think it should be a cautionary tale for the dopes out there, the listeners who, who are on, uh, you know, who, who might be near a relapse or whatever. Annie, like, did you reach out to me? How did it come up that I found out that you were in trouble? I feel like I had posted something a bit reckless <laughs> on the Dopey Nation. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> Which I don't tend to do. I'm quite quiet on the old socials, but I'd posted something that I thought was funny. And then I, a few people knew anyway, so I wonder if someone kind of hit you up behind the scenes. I, I never really asked because it kind of helped me out in then, so there was no one to be mad at. Right. Yeah. So I, I sensed there was something wrong across the pond and it turned out you were full blown relapse. So why don't I think it's important like to walk through the relapse and see what the fuck like the 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 relapse autopsy kind of thing. How much time had you cultivated before the dread relapse? <clears throat> Depending on when you want to, you know, it was it was it was a slow burner and it crept along in some ways, reflecting back on it for a number of months. But I I I was perfectly um, I collected my three year thing without feeling any which way, even though looking back there was a couple of indicators at that point. Um, I kind of think Easter time, so. Yeah, you know, I had kind of getting on three and a half years. So you were at, you had gotten your three year chip. You were at three and a half years. Were you yeah. doing more AA or more NA? NA. Okay, so that's a strike against NA. And where were you? <laughs> where it's were you? Huh? It's all NA's fault. Of course, of course. Uh, that was the funny thing. Like you were, you were full blown. I'm going to, I'm going to cut to the chase for a second. Annie was full blown on fentanyl and crack. And, uh, she was like, I could still go to AA and claim my, my sober time. <laughs> <laughs> and I still do Dave, you know, like drinking was a big deal for me. And the fact that I've been not far off four years with, without a drink is pretty epic. And the denial that I had around drinking was enormous. So I, I still feel like it's something worth celebrating. I think it is too. I think it totally is. I just thought it was funny when you said that to me. So, <laughs> so lay it out. Give us, give us the whole story, please. <clears throat> well, I mean, I've kind of dissected to some extent. Um, so I'm um, just thinking of time frame. So maybe a year ago, I had, in within the space of a week, I had two um, 
procedures, let's call them, in hospital. The first time they gave me nitrous, and a week later, on the same day, I was given fentanyl, codeine, and morphine, like mm. the whole trinity of opiates. Yes. So I felt like ever, and I did what they kind of suggested at the time. Like that was all prescribed. And I, you know, there was nothing, no drug seeking and whatever. There was kind of procedures going on and I needed the payments. And so, yeah, I did this stuff that was kind of suggested. You know, I had a sponsor at the time. I told her about that. She actually got me to come and share, do the main, I think, qualify that you call it at a meeting like that night. <laughs> what do you call it? Just sharing, in it. Let me hear you say qualify again in an American accent. <laughs> I went to qualify. Nice. Very good. Very good. <laughs> so, and I'm just like sharing in this meeting going, do you know what? I feel like I'm actually on drugs and I'm sitting here trying to trying to carry a message and I feel like I've done drugs today. Um, so wait, you, I, went, you went to share at the meeting uh, the day that you got out of hospital. Yeah, that night, she, I phoned my sponsor, said, I feel really fucked up. I feel like I've done drugs. I feel like I've used. And she was like, yeah, come and qualify at this meeting. So you did. And, and like, I, you know, I've been talking with Aaron Carr, who, who had a procedure and, and she had to get heavily opiated. And she said, like, it wasn't pleasurable for her. How was it for you? I loved it. Right? Okay. That fentanyl, that was the best four seconds. Like, <laughs> Break it down. Please tell me everything. Tell me everything. <clears throat> so I went in in the morning and they were coming around, prepping everything. Went into theatre. It's so weird being sat on a theatre trolley and you're completely, there's nothing wrong with you. Basically, they're going to kind of do some excavations but you're essentially in full health going on a trolley to an operating thing lying down on this bed it just yeah. felt so weird went in and then she was trying to find a vein and she she got um she, oh it was in my hand and it was at a really funny angle and I was thinking man she's fucked that right up that's never gonna work and then she said I'm gonna give you some fentanyl I'm like well hey <laughs> <laughs> midazolam I'm, I'm kind of like, bring it on. Right. So then she started putting it in, and it went really cold. And I was thinking, she's fucked it up. It's leaking. It's leaking all over my hand. It's not going to work. I'm going to go in, and I'm going to be under-medicated. But I was having that for about four seconds, trying to fight it, thinking, I'm, I mean, this is, this, is, this is good stuff. Trying to fight it, and uh, unsuccessful. And then I came around maybe 50 minutes later in screaming agony in recovery and they gave me morphine straight away so that was it four seconds of fentanyl i kind of know why people do it now as well it, it always evaded me before but now i'm like yeah i get it why why well, i mean what was different about it than i mean you were a heroin addict right yeah so what was different about it nothing was different it was the same what like those two times that i was medicated the minute i'm high I'm just like, my brain is like, I remember why I did this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was, is that, it. That was what I always suspected. You know, that was yeah. a joke me and Chris used to make, uh, like imagining getting really old and then like getting hurt and then getting some sort of opiate treatment and being like, oh yeah, I remember why I used to be totally <laughs> no. addicted to this. Um, so you get out of the 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 surgery, the procedure, and they, they give you the morphine drip? 
No, I just had some Oromorph. Just I came out and I was really in pain. And I told the lady, no questions asked morphine. And then, do you know what? The morphine was a bit shit. And then I went onto the ward and they gave me a couple of codeines, which totally hit the spot. And when you're doing, okay, so like you had three and a half years, you, you're, you're, you're excited for the shot of the fentanyl. And what was the benzo they put into? Midazolam. Midazolam. I don't even know what that is. Um, and, and, and you're, you're excited for it. And then you come out, you're in pain. They give you the morphine and the codeine is, <laughs> is part of you. Like I'm ready to be doing this. Like as soon as it happened, like, where's your head no, at that? I didn't, I mean, I didn't go in, I, I didn't go into hospital expecting good drugs. Um, excuse me. And they never discharged me with anything. So I was sent home with, you know, just rest up and take a bit of paracetamol. So the whole, I mean, the whole trip, it, I forgot the question. No, <laughs> like, cause I can imagine, I can imagine being in your spot, right? And getting mm. the fentanyl and getting the benzo and getting the codeine and getting the morphine and kind of being like, okay, we're, we're doing this again kind of thing. Like having that in my head, if I started, I mean, I, I could imagine also going to a meeting and being like, well, I'm not going any further with this, but I can, I can also see like the second it starts, it kind of starts. Like I, I remember one time, like I, 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 I had a dental thing and they gave me like five Vicodin to take for five days or something. And I took them the first night and I was like, all right, let's do this. Um, and I don't, I, I don't, I think I went into relapse after that. How, so you go to the, to share and you explained that you were, had been on drugs. Is yeah. you, do you feel like your program was weakened at all? Um, no, but I felt like I then had a little backdoor right. in that actually certain drugs are okay. You know, my, I, I changed the rules from when that happened. I didn't feel my recovery slipping. I felt the rules changing. And suddenly prescription drugs were kind of back on. Okay. And then what happened? Um, so then. I remember, I, I, I remember you and I spoke and you had mentioned that people in the meeting were saying they were on prescription benzos or prescription. It was either, it was prescription benzos, right? Um, so I remember being in certain meetings and I remember literally being the only one that wasn't prescribed something that I could definitely consider mood altering. And I'm like, I don't get this. I don't get the disc. I don't get why we treat people like shit who show up on methadone and subutex, but yet we're all on fucking codeine or Valium or gabapentin or pregabalin. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I just, it just opened wide that chasm <laughs> for me, which was always already there, but I saw how um, high you could get and still claim recovery. And I'm like, fuck, why is this poor little sod that's really trying on methadone, like not allowed to fully engage? Right, right. That's, I mean, that's really interesting. So what was the, then what, what did it look like when you're working a program and what was the first script? Um, so it wasn't scripts as such. You can get over-the-counter codeine here and I'd manufacture or um, encourage pain 
and justify buying a few codeines over the counter. Um, and I'd take them for a bit, didn't feel like there was any impact it's over the counter, it's legal, There's, do you know what I mean? And just doing that over time. And then sometimes, you know, cooling back off it and other times, you know, ramping it back up again. But it still, it just didn't feel like using. It didn't feel like I was doing anything that other people weren't doing. But did you feel high? Um, if you have four codeines in the morning on an empty stomach and you're, <laughs> they can be, do you know what I mean? You can get a nice little warm glow off it. I feel like I never but, did codeine. Codeine is a proper opiate though, right? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So then the answer is yes. So you're, so you're <laughs> I mean like it's, 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 so you could go to the store right now and get codeine. Yeah. I don't, we can't, they don't do it in the yeah. States. Um, you can't qualify on codeine in the States le easily. I don't think it's an easy. Are you, can you qualify? Oh, you can't do it easily. No, but you, nowadays you can qualify on weed very easily. Good. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Good. I think it's 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 brilliant. I think you know it's time we moved on. Yeah, I mean, I don't think accessibility was what stood in the way of addicts getting drugs for sure. <laughs> um, all right, so you're you're taking your codeine here and there, and what does yeah. the program look like? Um, so still all right. I'm trying to think. I got up to so I done. I've done all 12 steps, like written them out and done the reading and stuff that we do in NA. And then I'd started again doing a method called the old school steps. And it was like reading the basic text and yeah. dissecting words and stuff. And I got up to step three in that. So I was doing, I was doing the written work. I was reading stuff out. I was engaging with the sponsor. I was doing um, maybe one or two meetings a week. So um, and I had a sponsee as well. That was the saddest thing was to let her go. Keep going though. This is good. So you're, you're working a serious program. It's not yeah. like you're like, and you're also doing dopey zooms and you're like engaged with other addicts in recovery and you're basically totally plugged in to recovery. Did that start eroding when you started taking codeine over the counter? Um, it's difficult to think because that, that bit was full denial full like i'm not doing anything wrong but then i started to have excuse me um some of the stuff was around the medical stuff that was going on and insomnia was quite a big part of it mm -hmm. so the next step from the pain was the insomnia so that's when i started buying uh benzos off the internet and i bought um I don't know, maybe 28 uh, Zoficlone probably from this place in about November last year. And they came and they didn't look right. The, the coating flaked off and they didn't quite taste how I expected them to. So I, I had, you know, they came and I took them all off, but I didn't, you know, kind of go after it again for a few more months. And then I just made it my business to search out a better online shop. Right. <laughs> so I found a um it was a steroid place and it looks like they tested the drugs as well because they do a bit of writing about them 
And it's like, yeah, we haven't tested these yet. However, blah, 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 blah. But then other ones, they'd say, we've tested these and they'd do a bit of a breakdown. And it was Xanax and uh, Zofacom I was getting. I never heard of the Zofta whatever. What is that? It's a sleeper. Okay. And what was I going to say? Um, and those are just regular websites. Those aren't like dark web, silk web Yeah, I didn't bullshit. even have to go on the dark net. It was just, you know, oh man, I feel like I want to tell you something. But yeah. I'm aware that this is going to be broadcast on the internet. Fuck it, it's dopey. <clears throat> I'm not who I say I am. Um, I bought some ones from India and they got seized by the um, border, border patrol. Um, and I got a letter through the post saying we've seized 50 pieces of a controlled substance from you. Um, wow. I can't that was the first time it shook my recovery and I'm like, fuck, I'm actually doing something. Right. <laughs> and they didn't come after you. They, they just didn't deliver the pills. Yeah, they wrote a letter saying to the, something along the lines of if it happens again, we'll, we'll do something. I can't remember what it said. I shat myself and chucked it in the bin. And, and then then, thought, oh my, God, my house is marked. So I just better buy them from the UK this time. <laughs> so how did you buy them from the UK then? Um, through the steroid site. Okay, so basically, and you're still going to meetings, and you have the choice. You you can either be like, I'm not going to do this because this is using and it's compromising uh, my program, or uh, I am going to do this. Could you? Did, how long could you do that and meetings at the same time? So the actual time that I took out of recovery, particularly as in nothing, was only a two or three weeks. I mean, I was mostly there because I was taking them, I was taking like one or two a night and it wasn't until the final like beautifully messy bit when everyone ended up finding out and I ended up kind of having, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, it went on for a bit of time where I was chipping, I guess they call it. You're chipping on the, on the benzos. You, yeah. what, opiates or no? Just the benzos. Oh, no. Well, the codeines over the... Co Do you know what? I was a pillhead. I was a fucking full-on pillhead, but I was in massive denial about, um, you know, I, I just managed to justify that it just wasn't using. Because other people got away with it? Like, how were you just... How, how were you justifying it? It's pills, it's only pills, they're kind of legal, I need them, they're helping me, I'm not, do you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. Totally, totally. Yeah. Okay, so, so, so how did it all go to end? Like, what, what, what changed from that with recovery to the fucking crack fentanyl without it? <laughs> so I started... So I'd, I'd be taking like one zoffie of a night, like half an hour or something before I wanted to go to sleep. And that was far and half, you know, a zoffie, watching some something on Amazon in bed, nice. And then I thought, I wonder if I take it a bit earlier, I might just get a little, you know, I can romance the clone, as we call it, just have a little romance with it. So I started taking it earlier. And it's like, I wonder if I take two of them if it'll feel any better. Wait, romancing the clone? Yeah. It's like romancing the stone. Is that like some weird Cockney pillhead thing? Yeah. The Zoffy clone. Nice. That's all. I love that. All right. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so, yeah. So I'd take two and take them a bit earlier until I'd be, 
I w I'd be kind of finishing work, five o'clock, bang, taking it, you know, taking it, just sitting on the sofa, like checking out. And then. Does it feel, is it, is the clone kind of like Clonopony, Adivani, Valumi? Is it just like that? I think it's a bit Clonopony because I've had Clonopin. Okay. Um, it's not, well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just, it, you know, it ended up in blackouts, basically. I, I swear to God, I'm thinking so much about, like, my past, and I don't remember <laughs> anything. And whenever I read about a drug addict and they had benzos, they're like, I lost a year of my life to this. I was on benzos for, like, fucking 12 years straight. Yeah, straight. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't remember anything. <laughs> I don't remember my like late twenties, all of my thirties and some of my forties are just gone. Right. Me too. Me too. It's nuts. <laughs> so what, how often do you talk Cockney, Annie? How often? How often are you doing Cockney speak? Oh, what now? No, just in general. Yeah. Cause romancing the clone sounds fun to me. Uh, is there, was there ever like, let's go to apples and pears to romance the clone? No, none of that. You know, I've just been listening to the old dopeys with that Stephen from the UK that's on about when they were shooting up ease and speed in both arms and a dog had sex with someone's face. <laughs> funny. Where is he? I don't, him. it's fucked up. I don't even know who you're talking about. I have no recollection of what you're talking about. He's uh, on like dopey 60 something or other. He's on a couple of times. He sends in voicemails from the methadone piss vampires. Oh yeah. That was a good I one. Remember. I had a good laugh about that one. I remember the methadone piss vampires. <laughs> I'm loving listening to it all again. It's brilliant. You all know right. what? I, no, I won't raise the head. We'll, we'll carry on. Carry on and, and, and keep I'm me posted. Write that down so I, I remember to tell you, cause I think you'll appreciate it. Yeah. Keep me posted and we'll see. And if Steven's out there listening, Please reach out, send a voice, send an email to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. And come into Dopey Zoom. Like, we'd so love to have you. All right, back to the story, Annie. We're fucking yeah. romancing the clone. Yeah. Hanging out. And, and, and is it that point where you're like, fuck the 12 steps, fuck the old school method? Like, when when is it the, the real break? Um. I, I mean, I don't know, like I've come, I've come out the other side of this very, with a very different attitude towards recovery that I had, say, a year ago. Um, but I don't, I don't remember. I mean, I think I, I, I was in such a blackout day, but I think we must have spoken and, and I heard you and Erin discussing it. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't work. And that kind of blaming and rejecting and all that. Um, but I don't think there was a, you know, I was still going to meetings. I was still a secretary of a meeting, um, you know, so. And I you didn't, still... you didn't, you didn't tell on yourself. No. I love it. How you say now there. <laughs> 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 no is a full sentence. Yeah. I like that. And so, um, so, so when does, uh, the fentanyl come in? So it wasn't fentanyl. Was heroin? Yeah. Okay. So when does the heroin um, come in? So, I mean, I remember, I remember the, 
benzos creeping into the daytime. And I was funny with them because I knew they made me black out, but I knew I carried on working on them. So I'd come round and I'd written up notes, I'd done phone calls and stuff. So I was really wary of it, but I remember just taking some in the day and it weakened my resolve to the point that I was just, I think I'd been to see someone and they were merrily smoking crack and I'm thinking, I want to merrily smoke crack. This is just not fair. Who, wait, who did you stumble on that was merrily smoking crack? Oh, just someone, someone, um, you know, in life. But you're, just- but you're working like a program in Narcotics Anonymous. Like, do you think you would have stumbled on somebody merrily smoking crack if you hadn't become this proper pillhead? Yes, because it was through work. I was just trying to avoid saying that, Dave, to incriminate myself. <laughs> Did you go into the office and someone's just sitting near the Xerox machine smoking crack? Like, how does yeah. that even happen? Oh, I was working with someone who was struggling with it. Okay. But I, I guess I got triggered and I had no defenses against the triggering. And I, I like left that meeting thinking, I'm going to get me some crack. And I, I again... This is from phone records and stuff. I tried to phone some old dealers and I hit up this girl that I know from NA who was really struggling saying like, can you give me some numbers? <laughs> and she came back going, no, you're doing really well. I'm not doing that. And uh, and then I knew that there were some guys that hung out around a local supermarket begging and that. So I just marched bold as brass up to this kid. I'm like, can you score for me? Did he and say, did it. he say what? Or you would, or he just knew what you wanted? I just said, can you score for me? And he was like, yeah, we're in that car. Wow. You're asking some dude outside a supermarket. They know you are not looking for like a half a trip for a Friday night. Right, right. All right. And uh, and you go to the car and what did you buy? Um. So the first time I bought, I think, four rocks and two bags of heroin. And did you did you uh, did you shoot it all straight away or what did you do? I didn't shoot it. Okay, what did you do? So I went. I offered. I he got one of each as well. Um, so I think we got five whites and three bees. So luckily he didn't ask me where I was going. He didn't want to chill or anything. He just said, "Oh, you can drop me here," and he just got out and he went. So I went home and I smoked it and I put a full rock and like about a third of the heroin on the foil and chased it. I am getting euphoric recall. <laughs> Are you getting euphoric recall now? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And oh, it- I, was, I think I was desperate to do that. You know, I'd held on for so long and I thought if I ever relapse, the first thing I'm doing is chucking one of each on the foil and that's what I did. Well, it's not like though, it's not like it's not fun to do drugs. You know what I mean? If it's like that's why we do drugs because it feel yeah. it feels good. What's not fun is you can't sustain it. You can't have you can't have a good life uh, and stay smoking. You know the crack and the the heroin. Like you're gonna lose. It's not gonna stay fun. That's why you can't do it. But having yeah. you euphoric recall from the first time you got to do drugs in in three and a half years or whatever. You know, and I'm not suggesting anyone does that, but I don't think you should be hard on yourself for having euphoric recall from it. You know what I mean? <laughs> does that make sense or am I being too I am glib? I'm just taking a swig of berry tea from my dopey mug. 
Nice. I, I'm 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 drinking a soda and 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 hearing the the ice, you know, move around in the glass. But like fucking, I don't think there's anything wrong with having euphoric recall because you. I mean, how long were you on this run? <clears throat> I only I only scored off a string three times. When we spoke, you were miserable. I know. So I I did I used that time and the next day and then I didn't use the street so and then I got honest with my friends and I said I've been using but I only told them I'd used class A's street drugs I was not letting the benzos go (laughs) they were totally staying right so I I made a resolve then my friends took me around meetings they were phoning me up they were checking in on me every day I think I I think dopey people knew because I think I told them before my most of my real life people. Um, and then, so I, you know, it was that absolute unwillingness and refusal to admit that the benzos were perhaps a problem that two weeks later, I ended up taking them in the day, resolve gone, scoring. And that was the night I ended up speaking to you, Dave. Right. So the benzo, I mean, like, it's impossible to be doing benzos in the middle of a heroin and crack run and be like, I'm going to be done with the heroin and crack and stay with the benzos, <laughs> basically. I've tried that a million times too. I mean, like I never had a real crack thing, but I would, I never wanted to stop with the benzos. No. So how did you stop with everything then? So, um, you phone me. I had a chat with a couple of people out of Dopey. I had some of my friends came over, some of my really good friends, my sponsor and her boyfriend. Um, he's like one of my closest friends in recovery and they came over and it was, I hadn't used street drugs that day, but I'd, <laughs> I'd used a ton of benzos and I was trying to tell them like, I'm, I'm clean. I haven't had anything. And they just kind of let me just carry on in my own little, you know, whatever was going on. But then I phoned them the next day. I'm like, you know, when I said I hadn't had anything that day, I'm like, I had about <laughs> 12 Zopiclone and, um, Ended up finishing off the packet. They're like, yeah, we we pretty much figured that. Right. Um, so, I I mean, you know, it, the game was up. And it was, you know, it was, I had to make a decision then. Was I going to just carry on and not do anything to pull myself out of it? Or was I going to, um, you know, stop? You didn't go away though, right? What do you mean? You didn't. You didn't go to detox or anything. I've got a memory, Dave, of you getting in touch with me. I can't remember if it was we'd spoke on the phone or you texted me, but I've got a memory of reading a message from you saying you need to go to detox. I have not seen that message since that day. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you erased it? You know, I had loads of messages from other people of stuff that, you know, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Did you write it? Did I don't, it I don't know. I don't remember any, I don't remember anything. You talked about Steven, the English, I remember meth vampire, but I don't, I don't remember anything. Um, I probably, from, that night or from now, I probably said it because I figured you were strung out on heroin and crack and benzos and you probably needed to go to detox in my head, you know, because yeah. I didn't know where you're, uh, how, how long or how, how plugged in you were and how sick you would get. I had no idea. I was just like, Annie's in trouble. She needs to go to detox. That was what I was thinking. 
<laughs> That's what I tell everybody. And they're like, I'm not going to detox. And I'm like, okay. You know. I don't need detox. Yeah. I've got all these pills here. Exactly. I, I'm doing a de- I'm gonna detox myself at home with me ice cream <laughs> and me and me clones. Um, Let me piss my vampires. Exactly. So so you detox yourself at home? Yeah. And? Um, so um day one I went to an NA Unity Day, which was Helena. I was so paranoid. Uh I couldn't cope with being around all these people. Um, I felt like I had to admit stuff to everyone. Right. So I ended up, you know, I was just, I was just in a mess and apparently I looked awful as well. Um, and then day two, I got on a train to London and went to meet a couple of dopes from the Dopey Nation. That's cool. Who'd you meet up with? Dawn and her lovely husband. Nice. Um, but I remember... My head was still shot, but I was like, right, I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm doing this. Got up, went, got on the train, got on the tube in London. There's a homeless guy coming up and down the tube begging. And I'm like, I could just go somewhere with him and we could just use. And I can, no roman- one- I can romance the clone with the homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to check on me for days. Right. <laughs> you know, so then I, I've, found dawn and doug and i'm just like oh man i'm you know we had a really good time and i kind of just powered on through it <clears throat> but yeah well, i did feel kind of wobbly very wobbly how did you give up the benzos how did you give up the clone oh so so i did i did the unity day i did the um went to london and then i came back and it was like day three and day four and i didn't really think i'd use enough to warrant rattling but i'm in my bed at 4 a.m awake sweating just thinking what how how have you ended up back here right you know really chastising myself and everything and i think on the monday I was due to start my first hosting of a Dopey Zoom meeting on the Monday. I think I tested, no, 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 I hadn't tested positive, but something had happened where I was being made to isolate, so I couldn't go anywhere. I had to stay in the house all day on the Monday, and then I hosted the meeting in the evening. And, they, I mean, everyone knew by that point, or, or everyone that needed to know kind of knew, so it wasn't a surprise or anything, but I just remember just just getting through. Then the next day, I had like woke up crazy early, um, sweating, you know, had a shower, changed my bed, all that kind of stuff, and ended up in another meeting on Dopey on the Tuesday, do you know? And I just, man, those meetings got me through those first few days. <laughs> I think, so I, I, one of the things from the relapse, cause I was literally like checking out every night on the sofa, I just wasn't coming to any Dopey meetings. So I hadn't really been around people for ages. I was managing to get it together on that Saturday to go and host that meeting. But you know, the rest of the time I was just checked out. 
And did you did you go through all the benzos or did you throw any away? No, I ate them all. Good for you. <laughs> I remember you, Dave, saying like, I don't know if you were trying to convince me to chuck drugs out or something. I'm just like, no way. Well, I ended. I, That's I, not happening. I, I listen. I mean, it's like uh, I say, more power to you. Like how 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 like how many did you have left, and how did you wean yourself, or did you just no, eat them until they were gone? Yeah, no weaning was possible. They were, you know, they they by the end I was taking a lot a day, you know, and then I think there were three left. Um, on that night when my friends have been over and I'm just like, well, they're gone because otherwise someone's going to make me chuck them away. Yeah, no. And you didn't have any seizures or anything? No. So, I mean, that's, I mean, that's an incredible story. And is Dopey <laughs> Birds, is Dopey Birds still out of business or is Birds come back because of this thing? So Birds, it's a new meeting. It's called, well, I like to call it Bird because I'm so funny. Yeah. Flying Solo right. is on a Monday at um, 1 p.m. Eastern. So no more Sunday birds. Now it's Monday bird flying solo. Like like, yeah. like no Gallagher's high flying bird. Yeah. Um, something like yeah. that. So, uh, Annie, I, I, I think your story is uh, brave and awesome. And this is the best phone connection we ever had. It's fucking yeah. it's awesome normally i'm like set talking while you're talking and there's echoes so <laughs> this is awesome and uh so like you're back working program and all that stuff no no not at all why not so no i've come out the other side and i'm just like that little voice in me that has been chipping away for year, 20 odd years going this isn't right this is this does not work for me i i don't get it you know i've started listening to it and i'm like actually i don't think it's a good fit for me i don't agree you know there's a lot of stuff i don't agree with it anymore and i'm doing the one meeting still because i've got some service the one na meeting but i'm you know my recovery is not based on that anymore okay so how so this is good because lots of people out there don't want to deal with 12 step stuff. So what, but obviously recovery is, I mean, what we're talking about is recovery. So what's, yeah. what's your, how, how would you describe your recovery? So <laughs> this is what I wrote down All right. and there was, there was some stuff that I'd started signing up for and it was, um, I'd spent so long because of the pandemic sitting at home. I didn't really get out particularly except to meetings. I didn't really have much of a kind of life outside meetings, work, the gym. That was it. And, and I signed up for some stuff earlier in the year. One of the things I'm going to promote this first. Uh, Dopey Zoo will probably sick of this. Um, so I went for an audition in March and we've got the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham right now. And I'm going to be in the closing ceremony of the Commonwealth Games. What are you going to do? I'm dancing. No way. Way. What kind of dancing? Um, it's like a, it's a story that they're making up and we're, um, there's a, <laughs> we're like rockers in it, me and the group but there's people representing all different bits of Birmingham um so yeah that's but cool I'm getting, 
Yeah, so I I signed up for that. I also signed up for uh, to be with an organisation that I wanted to work for for years called The Loop, and they do harm reduction at festivals and they do drug checking. So they test the ease and the powders uh, behind the stage, some chemists behind the stage, in, in you know behind the scenes. <clears throat> the chemists test all the drugs, and then there's people out front like delivering the harm reduction. So I went to a festival back in June sometime, and I'm hoping there's going to come up with one or two more, you know, later on in the year. Well, I mean, the point is, what you're saying is, maybe you're not going to do 12-step shit. You still have all of the knowledge you ever got from it, and you, you're going to be active in whatever you can be active in. Yeah, and then this is what I wrote down, Dave. You know, when I looked about what was I doing in my old early recovery that I'm not doing now, and the answer was listening to Dopey. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so now so you're... I, yeah, I went back to um, whatever's... I think the first one's episode one, isn't it? There's so many missing. Um, and I just have that one in the car all the time. It's really helped to ground me, you know, and just remembering stuff and remembering where I was at when I heard stuff. Um, yeah. So, and the med the meditation bit that is that is a lot bigger now. So that's fucking great. And um, I am incredibly um, honored that Dopey is a part of your thing. And I'm also a little concerned. I'm honored and concerned that Dopey should be such a part of your. Uh, your new recovery program, but I'm all, I'm more honored than concerned. And um, you're going to be at DopeyCon. Yes. How exciting is that? I, do you know, I remember again, I've got, got snippets in my head of when I spoke to you that night uh -huh. when I was using Miserable and you were like, what about DopeyCon? And I think I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, you can't come to DopeyCon all fucked up romancing the clone. Like that's not going to work. So, and what did I say? You said, oh, right. <laughs> the right, right. <laughs> oh, right. I think you might have said, no. Or, or you know, something, you know, some, I think you were just like, I, I, I can't be bothered with that, Dave. You know, you were just, you were in your fucking no, moment. No, I didn't say that. I think you just shook me out of that apathy when I thought, hang on a minute. What am I doing, like risking all this stuff, all this good stuff? And that's why that's why you didn't book the trip at first, right? Because you were using. No, I, it was confusing to buy. Like when it, you needed a straight head. Yeah. Because we were trying to do something a bit different, like go to New York and then go to San Francisco, and I was really struggling with actually what to do, like in terms of how to even do the trip and where it was it was it took there was some logistics dave well you okay. figured it out and you sobered up in time for DopeyCon, and it's it's all working out yeah and then like if like i i support whatever recovery or even non-recovery you want to do you know um but obviously you know that if you need meetings, the meetings are there. And if you don't meeting, need meetings, you don't need to go. But it's like, yeah. I'm happy you're doing a dopey Zoom meeting and I'm really happy you're coming uh, to DopeyCon. That's going to be super exciting to meet you in person and see all the, the dopes together. It's going to be fucking crazy. Um, but I'm very excited. 
And uh, and I'm really glad that you came and you told your story. And I, I'm going to use this for the Chris for the Dopey Day episode. So this is, yeah. you know, this is going to be part of the Dopey Day episode. And um, you're always a part of those episodes anyway. So to have a long form one. Oh, yeah. Do you think you left out any really high quality Dopey story from this relapse before we <clears throat> go? I feel like. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna end up do a bit of a Chris reflection thing because this is what's been occurring to me is that what if a similar trajectory that happened to me had happened to Chris and we still had him? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I feel like the secrecy, the internet drug buying, yeah. you know, all of that, and I, it has you know it's come to my mind a few times. Like, how would it have looked? if he had managed to to get, you, you know, because it's really scary when you either start telling people or people start finding out and stuff, you think you're going to be rejected and shunned and all this stuff. But, you know, those initial feelings are, are very quick and then people are just there to support. And, you know, I just can't help thinking like that. Or, or the time where you were in London and you saw the homeless man that you might want to spend some time with and you chose yeah. not to spend time with the homeless man. But those are the decisions that like totally are your life. Like yeah. those decisions are the decisions that are like between life and death. And if, if you're, you know, sober or, or, or capable of enjoying yourself or, or not. And, I think about that all the time, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is, you know, you're, and it's fucked up because obviously, uh, we all miss Chris and we all miss people that we've lost. And, and like when Don told his story on the Chris death day, it's like he went as far as he could go, you know, he went really far and he didn't die. And it's a great thing that he didn't die. And it's a great thing that you, didn't die and you're not still strung out and Chris yeah. had to die. Be- Chris only had to die because he did die. Not any other yeah. reason, you know, when you, so when you and Aaron did the kind of, you were musing over people in the dopey nation relapse and episode, I listened to it on the way to London and you were like, why do we have to dedicate another dopey con to a dope that's dead? You know, why can't we listen to the story of how you came out of it and you sorted it out, you know? I said that? Yeah. What did I, what did I, what did I, what did I mean, what did I mean by that? I assume that you meant like if me or Don or someone was dead, you'd have to dedicate Dopecon to it. Yeah, yeah, that is what I, that is what I meant. (laughs) That's totally what, because the the last one, Colleen MC died like, like, like the week of. I know, it's, it's heavy. Yeah. You know, there's a girl that, there's a girl and she's died a week, two weeks ago. She was, she was standing up at the back of an NA meeting, sharing, going, look, I'm desperate. And this is why I'm even just making a tip of myself, standing up in an NA meeting saying I need help. And then that was on the Saturday. And, and then the Thursday she was dead. Right. Or Ryan, you know? Ryan Leone. Ryan yeah. Leone was texting me that uh, he's using too much and he's going to die. But, you know, he didn't really think he was going to die. And then, of course, he turns up dead. And it's like, that's what happens. And the fact that it didn't happen to you and it didn't happen to Don, I'm really grateful. I'm really happy that we can have this conversation. And and I don't want anyone to die just before DopeyCon. 
You know, I certainly don't. I didn't want Colleen to die before DopeyCon too, because like, oh my God, she had made that video for it. I know. Fucking fucked, you know, just uh, the worst. But you're you're alive, so do not romance the clone <laughs> in September. Like, don't be like, I'm gonna go buy the supermarket and see if the boys. Uh, my my English accent sucks, but don't don't fucking relapse before DopeyCon, okay? Well, do you know, kind of now. Yes. With I just checked on my um sober time. Yes. Thing. Yes. Do you want to know? Yes. Figures. Yes. I am 81 days back in. Nice. Today. That that is not even a single. Here, hold on, hold on. Here, here, hold on, hold on, on. <laughs> that was the applause. Anyway. Oh. Oh, um, are you happy? Do you feel good? Or you don't even want to count days? Are you are you annoyed that you lost the days you had or whatever? No, I don't care. Good. It's on it's on my ass. You know, I don't count them. It's just I just felt like it was something I should do. <laughs> um, no, I'm not annoyed. I feel like I've had a a wake up in just how how relapse can kind of sneak up and you know and it just it can take a long time it's not necessarily like straight in and wham it's like what i've just described that long slow bit of change in the resetting the goalpost until you you know you're outside aldi scoring off <laughs> for homeless dude yeah for sure for sure no and 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 like you're incredibly lovable. I love you. Everyone in the dopey nation that knows you love you. Um, it's, it's like people, it's important that you try to stay good because you can help so many people and, uh, and it makes you feel good when you do. I know that you wouldn't have done yeah. dopey zoom for as long as you did if it didn't make you happy. Yeah. I love you too, Dave. Thanks, Annie. Um, well. all right. And I can't wait to see you in, uh, in October. And uh, I'm going to work on some English colloquialism, so I'm prepared. <laughs> and uh, and please be in touch. I will. Awesome. So that was the one and only Annie Ellie on the comeback trail. And uh, it doesn't matter how you do it. Uh, and obviously, you don't have to do anything. I just find it is very, very hard to have a nice life and use. That's just been my experience. Maybe you have a nice life and you use. If that is your experience, please send in a email or a voicemail to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Now I want to read a dopey email that I got. How to find it. All right, here we go. It's from an old school dope named Caleb. He says, ay, ay, ay. Hey Dave, here's an old email chain from way back. I remember sitting listening to my own recording on one of your past shows and man i wasn't sober see there you go i was actually drinking and driving home 1.5 hours in montana i used to do that a lot anyways i have a ton of dopey stories i could run off on you but for the sake of time i'll just leave you with this i was living in montana for most of my heavy use a friend of mine and i were really hooked speed balls and all and one night we decided we would drive up to a friend's cabin and do some clonopins. I drove up before him and he decided not to come. Mind you, I had earlier, I had shot earlier that day and was smoking tar on foil all day, all spelled with four L's in between and didn't have any rock. So once the K pins hit, 
I was a zombie. I ended up getting bit uh, by my buddy's dog, and my ear got ripped partially off from the side of my head. Blood, dope, knots. Everything was a perfect recipe for me to say, I think I'm going to take off now. I jump in my car, a 97 Jetta, and start heading down this two-track road. It is on the side of a mountain, literally. It's also the middle of winter. I ended up putting the car off the road and hung the front driver's side wheel over a cliff. I went to get out, took one step, and rolled 30 yards down the side of the mountain. I remember getting up and laughing, like, what the fuck? Where am I? I looked up to see my headlights and the front end of my car. Holy shit, I said out loud to myself. I ended up calling said friend who never showed up. He came and pulled me out. It took a while because every time I would get in the driver's seat to steer, I would nod out. He'd come back and be like, what the fuck, dude? You're still in park. Ha ha ha. So finally made me park my car and drove me home. Still, I'm covered in blood from the face down and half nodding in the passenger seat. We do some dope. I pass out on his floor. And the next morning he reminded me what happened. When your best friend slash dope dealer is telling you it's time to chill out, maybe it's time to chill out. There were so many of these times, like hiking mountains on acid, shooting dope at a thousand feet, and snowboarding some insane stuff. Maybe sometime I'll send you some more of the dopey stuff. Smoking so much quack, so much quack, so much crack, questioning if I'm gay. Every crack addict has done that, I think. Highest uh, blood alcohol content in the hospital in the county I lived in. Three DUIs without them finding the dope. Doing butthole heroin in jail. Boofing oxys. Those were the days. All the good stuff. Anyways, just thought I'd re-bring up the old thread as I'm clearing out emails this morning. Two years sober last month. Uh, Took me a couple tries, but by the grace of God, I'm here today. Thanks for everything you do. Toodles for Chris. And that is Caleb. He says, I'll take some socks if you got them. You got it, Caleb. We got you some socks. I'm going to have to write down your address. I'm taking a picture of your address right now so I do not forget. And if you're out there and you uh, you bought some shit for me and you're like, why didn't you send it to me? Remind me, please. And uh, all the shirts and shit are en route from our printing company sro prints and we're gonna be cooking up some real special shit for dopeycon so look for some uh limited edition dopeycon merch and um you better come to fucking dopeycon go buy a ticket at dopeypodcast.com we have a really really uh another special guest on the show whose name also happens to be annie and anyone that knows the show knows that um, Chris's girlfriend found Chris dead and her name was Annie. She came on the 143rd episode of the show, which was actually the most downloaded version or episode of Dopey because everybody's a fucking rubbernecker out there. But this is Annie, uh, Chris's ex-girlfriend, and uh, checking in with you guys and me. So we have on the phone, I don't remember the last time you were on the, on the show, Annie. We have on the phone, Annie, who is, and, and the episode that Annie was on was the most painful episode of the show, episode 143, days after uh, she found 
Chris's body. So found Correct. Chris dead. So welcome back yeah. to the show. That's a very Thank grim, you. horrible fucking introduction. So I apologize. <laughs> yes, it is. No, it's okay. It's part of my story too. Yeah, it's part of your story. Um, and people ask me about you all the time. So yeah. why don't we just start with how are you doing? I'm doing really well, really well. Things are good. Um, you know, I was actually thinking that it's uh it's been four years since uh since Chris passed away and in some ways he feels like a like a lifetime and in some ways it feels like it just happened yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. It's crazy, like uh because I was thinking like uh I was thinking when we were gonna talk today, right? Like, mm -hmm. like for you, you have this whole different life and you're going to get on the phone with me and you're going to be like, oh my God, Dave has the fucking same thing. It's like, I have this whole <laughs> life and Dave's still doing this stupid fucking show, you know? No, no, not at all. Like, I think about the fact that I like about this whole new life I have where, um, all the time. And like, I mean, every year when summer approaches, when July approaches, um, after the 4th of July, it's like inevitable. I get that feeling of like, okay, like. Chris anniversary is approaching. So it's like a yearly, yeah, almost like check with like, like everything that's changed in my life um, in the last four years. Right. And so it's like, I, I constantly think about the fact of like this new life that I created. And, um, you know, I constantly think about that moment when I found him dead and how my life changed. And it's almost like I have this like two lives, you know, the life that I'm living now and the life that like, I would have lived if he hadn't passed away. So it's just like almost like the life that I didn't get to live because he passed away and now the life that I have now. So it's a very interesting concept. It really is because you wouldn't have yeah. gotten the life that you have now had he lived. Correct. Correct. So now, now Correct. tell, I know what you're up to. I, I've been in touch with you here and there. Like we don't talk all the time, but we, we yeah. stay, we stay connected here and there. Wouldn't you say? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, uh, yes, yes. And we check on each other. Yes, thank God. Um, now, why don't you tell the Dopey Nation? I don't want to. I don't want to spill the beans. Tell the Dopey Nation what what your life has been like, because people people in the Dopey Nation are addicts, and they're family members of addicts who die, who don't die. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. your story is very relevant to our community, even though you're yeah, not an yeah. addict. Correct. Um, so you know, uh, let before that, I think I would like to talk about. I'll, I'll touch on that, but like, I want to, you know, talk about how I imagined my life to be before, you know, before Chris passed. Like one of the things that Chris and I sort of brought us together was that um, I was in medical school at the time and I, I was planning on going into, uh, into psychiatry and I wanted to particularly work with, a, with uh, an addiction. With Chris. Um, with Chris. Yeah. And like we had, you know, we really bonded over that was started as like me getting advice from him, you know, it just sort of was how we sort of became close and started dating. And then we really had like our passion for psychiatry and helping uh, uh, people with um, any sort of addiction. Really, we had that in common and we would spend hours just talking about his patients, talking about my patients, what we had done, um, what we wanted to do as a career, uh, the fact that we wanted to, you know, um, we would always talk about how we wanted to be Dr. and Dr. O'Connor, right? And I would do the prescribing and he would do a lot of the therapy, but then I would do psychotherapy because only MDs can do psychotherapy, but then he would do his other type of therapy. And we would always discuss how we wanted to basically 
you know, build a life around um, this this inspirational or these career aspirations that we had. Um, and then things change. He he passed away. Yeah. And I really thought that for a while I wasn't sure that I could um, go back and really, you know, I thought, well, maybe this will help me be a better psychiatrist. But then I, I just really couldn't do it. Um, yeah, we talked about that a it bunch. It was just too hard. That you were struggling. You would struggle working with addicts after the fact. Yeah, it was just too hard. I don't think I'm angry anymore, but for a long time I was just so angry. And my grieving just like, kind of took over and I just constantly felt like anything I did, I did was futile. Right. Um, I felt like I wasn't really going to help anybody. Uh, and I know that was not the case. That was grief speaking. Um, cause I always felt and that Chris was just like such a strong person and, and he brought me, it was so hard for me to imagine that if he couldn't make it after like all the hard work he put in, like I almost felt like there was hope, there was no hope for anyone, and obviously that's not true. But at the time, that's how it felt. So and just describe like, describe the anger a little bit more. The anger. Yeah. Um. Well, I haven't really thought about the anger in a long time because I don't think I've been angry for a while. But the anger was both a combination of like being angry at Chris, being angry at myself, and being angry at the disease. Right? Because like I think, um, unless you have a, have a close family member uh, that has gone through this or you yourself ha have it, you don't really understand what it's really like. So there's the anger of, you know, the anger at our society, the anger at the system, the anger at other healthcare providers, the anger at other people that don't really understand yet judge, uh, yet are make decisions that directly affect our lives. Um, and then the anger at myself for feeling like it was my responsibility to like, save him or see the signs or do something sooner than the anger at him, right. For like lying to me and then dying on me. Right. Um, I mean, there was anger everywhere. Right. And really at the end of the day, what I did learn is like under all that anger, there was just like a huge sense of loss and, right. and, and, and just grief and just really just pain because I really just think that at the end of the day, anger is just masking pain like a lot of pain and it's just easier to be angry than it is to just sit there and just pain. It's, pain, no it's, it's the pain. It. It's the pain turned outward. You correct. get the pain that, and you correct. react with the anger. I, I was very angry for a long correct. time too, Correct. but correct. I'm, I'm with you. Um, and as time went on, um, I decided not to pursue psychiatry anymore. Um, I tried, but I was really just coming home crying every day. Um, I, because you'd happy. work, you were working with addicts, and you were just like I was working in a, in a huge part with addicts, um, and I for for part of it, um, a lot of it was just like you know, I, I mean, a lot of people are just you know just suffer from addiction, but a lot of people you know are are it's kind of like the chicken or like the egg, right? What came first? Like, are you an addict because you're depressed, or just depressed because you're an addict? Right. Right. So like, it seems like in every sort of like part of psychiatry, you almost like, there's like a, there's like a part where, where they intersect, where the addiction is going to intersect with some other sort of comorbidity, whether it's like depression, anxiety, uh, a lot of our addicts, unfortunately get misdiagnosed with, you know, bipolar disorder or all, all sorts of other personality disorders. Right. So like in a way, like they're always intersect Like you can't quite be a psychiatrist without really having like a, like a close, uh, encounter with, 
with with addiction on a day in and day out. Um, and it's, it was very hard for me not to take like the failure of the system or the failure of 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 just our society personal, right? Because I had suffered a loss and I just didn't want anybody else to suffer this loss. And every single addict I interacted with at the time, um, it, like it reminded me of my own loss and it was not something I could like process at the time. And, right. and I felt like I just kind of wanted to do the complete opposite. I wanted to go into a specialty where I would, I, I, there was something that I could do right away to help somebody. Um, and it wouldn't have to include, you know, like months and months of, of hard work and therapy and kind of convincing the system that, that this person's really sick. Because that's what's so upsetting about addiction is that you find yourself constantly as a provider, uh, as a patient, as a family member, constantly convincing the system that, you know, like that you need help, that this patient needs help, that we like need to help, right? It's like, it's almost like, you know, like you have to um, kind of convince other people that this is a problem. Right. Sometimes even your patient, right? Sometimes even the addict, you have to convince them that they have a problem, right? So you spend your entire energy convincing the family members sometimes, sometimes the addict, sometimes the assistant, sometimes another doctor that, you know, there's a problem. Right. So how can you even fix something if, if people cannot accept that there is a problem? As opposed um, to like a heart defect or like, like exactly as cut, opposed to like something, something that you can just actually see and fix. Right. So and fix, or try right? to and, fix. Yeah. Yeah. So I went into surgery and now I'm a general surgeon um, finishing my residency. Uh, well, I'm, I guess like in my residency right now, I live in the Bronx, in New York. Um, and I do the complete opposite where like I have people that come in after a trauma, after a car accident, after a fall, um, and I fix them. So I can see something that's wrong and I fix it. Um, and I absolutely love it. Um, I chose to come to the Bronx because uh, it's, it's such a diverse population, which is not much need. I speak Spanish. We have a lot of Spanish speakers. We have so many immigrants here. So it feels like really literally feels like home. Um, and it makes me sad that we haven't seen each other. I just got this memory. I, know. I just got this memory of like the time you and Chris and, and the dog, Sammy drove yeah. up and, and, uh, and you went to Katz's. And like the car yes, was like full of like bottles dog and hair. shit and dog hair. <laughs> and it was like, you were road tripping and like, like yes, Chris yes. was listening to Dopey and you were like, I didn't listen to any of it <laughs> or something like. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I still, I still don't listen to any of it. Well, I don't blame you. Um, I think one day I will, but I just think it will make me miss Chris too much. Yeah. There's so a, there's, I, there's this thing that I play every year on the anniversary of his death. And I think I play it on the birthday show too, which is mm -hmm. somebody compiled every toodles he said into like six minutes of toodles, right? Of toodles? Yeah. Oh man. And, and then one of them is you saying toodles when we were in that hotel yes. room. And I went, Ugh. I remember. I go, you I go toodles. And I went, Ugh. so that always yeah. cracks me up. <laughs> so like, so, so you find that this surgery is this cathartic move as opposed to the, 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 the psychiatry and tell them yeah. about your personal life. Your personal life is very exciting. Well, so about a year after Chris passed away, I reconnected with an old friend, um, from college who we were really close in, in college. We kind of lost touch. He, uh, 
he lived in the west uh in the northwest at the time and we started talking and then eventually we started dating and um we got married in the middle of covid nice uh so we've been married for a year um and now i'm pregnant and um i'm i'm having a baby by the end of the year incredible so yeah so that's very different that where i was i where i was like four years ago very very different yeah, all our different life and, and so i still have sammy sammy's six years old now he's older and grumpier who's uh, who's ex who's a, uh who's dealing with her an his anal glands now <laughs> no no we have not had any issues with his anal glands okay. fortunately uh, but we got a new dog now who is also a Samoyed, same breed as Sammy, but younger. She's uh, a, a girl. Her name is Coco. Uh, she's a Samoyed. She's uh, one year. And she's, she's getting into a lot of shit. Um, like yesterday morning, she got sprayed by a skunk. Oh, um, in the Bronx? In the Bronx. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, we live like a minutes away. Um, and she just like is very friendly. And she just saw a skunk and thought, why not? I want to need to play with a skunk. And the skunk sprayed her like five times. What happened? What, did, what uh, happened when she came in? No, well, this, this, I had to save her from the skunk because uh, she just kept chasing the skunk, even though the skunk kept spraying her. Uh, so I got sprayed as well. <laughs> How did you get the spray out of the fur? It's so much fur. No, I did. And she still, no, I did. And she still smells. Like I've bathed her many times. I've used like a lot of like peroxide, a lot of different things. Right. And that, you know, that they tell you that, no, she still smells. She still smells. She's like a big Samoya skunk dog now. Correct. 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 Like I, I like, I don't, nobody wants to cuddle with her. Her brother, Sammy, like doesn't want to be in the same room with her. She doesn't really understand what's wrong. Like why nobody loves her anymore. No, that's not true. We do love her, but. She's just a puppy, you know, still learning. Let me ask you this with the husband and, and, and the life and all that, how does he deal with the ghost of Chris? Well, that's a really good question. You know, well, um, I'm a really good interviewer, Annie, if you didn't know. Yeah. All right. I mean, that definitely was something that came up at the beginning of a relationship. Um, I mean, in fact, I think I was in the middle of my deep, you know, grieving process when we were sort of connected. Right. Um, and we were friends for, for like all through college. So, I mean, it, it was not romantic back then. I, and when we were connected, I did not necessarily ex expect at all that it would become romantic. So um, when we were connected, I, I, I would talk to him a lot about Chris. Um, and then when it became romantic, I, I we did have a discussion where... Uh, where he, he, he expressed, you know, he told me like, like, I, I do worry sometimes that I'll never be able to, you know, live up to like this other person that is no longer here. Um, I mean, that's, that has not been the case. Well, um, there is no, I, I mean, think, it's like, it's like, I know Chris, I think, Chris would love to I hear that. The, Chris would love to hear some guy being like, I'll never live up to Chris. Uh, but yeah, uh, he, he's, his ego definitely would, but yeah. Um, I mean, to tell you the truth, it's like, it, you, like, you can't even compare the two of them. Not only are they very different, but I was a very different person when I dated Chris compared to now. Uh, losing Chris really opened up like a whole world of, for me of like, and I think that happens to a lot of people that experience grief. For me, it was the first time that I experienced grief. Uh, before that, I hadn't really lost anybody close. 
um, not even my grandparents. Like, like uh, back then, all my four grandparents were alive. Right. And so losing him, being like, you know, the most important person in my life at that time, losing him, you know, grief is like this, like, it's full of just these contradictions where um, you are sad, right? But you can still experience, like, happiness. Right. You can still experience joy, but you have this deep sadness within you. But you're not, you know, it's not like depression where you almost, like, lose the ability to enjoy anything, right? right. Like, you still enjoy a lot of things in your life, but you just have this, like, just profound grief. And, and with that said, I think... I think now that um, I'm, in a, I'm in a marriage and, and I feel very lucky that I found my husband. I think he's amazing and I very much love him. That doesn't mean I don't love Chris anymore, you know? And I think, I think letting go of that idea that somehow I had to kind of not love Chris anymore in order to fall in love again um, and how like the two feelings can, co can coexist. Right. Um, it's very complicated though. Yeah, it's, and it's, it's very, very it's, complex. And it's very important that you're even saying that because even yeah. my father, right? My father, my mother died when she was like 65. My dad yeah. is pushing 80 and he still feels guilty about being involved with, with anybody else. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. I can see that. But, and Chris died, see. Chris died at, at 34, right? Yeah. Right. He yeah. died at 34 years old. This would have been his 38th birthday. You, yeah. how old were you? How old are you? I'm 37. Right. So you were 33 when he died. And like, Correct. and life needs, to, and I shouldn't ask you your age. That's a whole thing where you're not supposed to ask. Oh, woman, no, it's fine. I don't look my age. Everybody's so like, oh, you're lying. There's no way you're almost 40. I'm like, yes, I am. I hear you. I've seen you. You're very youthful. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? <laughs> Fucking, uh, um, it's important though to say that life can go on that that we lose people but we're still here and and i know that that you know i think chris would be sad but accepting that you deserve a life of joy and love and i think that yeah. that goes yeah. for everybody out there that loses anybody it's a really important agree. thing i agree i agree there's other stuff annie happening like this this show is to commemorate you know what would have been chris's 38th birthday I also am getting seven years of recovery this week if I don't fuck it up. So that's exciting. Um, <laughs> and then this month we should be hitting 8 million downloads, which is very oh, exciting. Wow. That's very exciting. And then October 1st, Annie, I didn't tell you about this, is DopeyCon in Chelsea and you have to come. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love to come, especially now that I'm in the city. Like, it'll be very easy to come. I love to. Awesome. And you bring your husband, too. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to. I don't know how, how up he'll be for that, but... <laughs> Why not? Why not? Why wouldn't he want to come? Too much? I mean, he's a little bit... No, I mean, like, you know, the one thing he and Chris both have in common is, like, they're very much introverts. They don't like, you know, lots of big events, lots of people, lots right. of socializing. They're very much on the introverted, uh, you know, side of the equation. I was, I'm always, like, I've always been, like, the most the more extroverted person in the relationship. So Chris was I mean, like, he'll he definitely was, be invited. Chris was like an introverted extrovert though. Right. If you talk yeah. to him, he was very extroverted. My husband's the same way. Like you talk to him seems like the nicest person. Like he's not awkward. Right. Chris was never awkward. He like did super great with people. People loved him. Uh -huh. Right. Uh, but he always needed to kind of like go back to his cave 
you know, and just sort of like decompress. Too much was too much. Let me ask you this. I, I don't know if the audience wants to know, but I want sure. to know whatever became of the woman Chris referred to as Helga. <laughs> Helga, Helga is doing really well. Actually, I'm seeing her this weekend. Um, she herself got married. Um, she has a kid. Um, she's doing well. Does she's she still, still live in Boston? Boston? She still lives in Boston, yeah. You have to ask her if she ever runs into Frank, the homeless man, that they were going to do the podcast about. I, I actually, I, I would probably try to ask her that this weekend. I don't think she has because she hasn't mentioned it, but um, maybe she has. Who knows? I've been, is Frank even around? I wonder. I wonder. If Fra is Frank yeah. listening to this episode of Dopey? If so, Frank, write an email Reach to dopeypodcast at gmail.com. I've been yeah. I've been listening to old episodes because I'm gonna play uh, some clips in this show of Chris, and yeah. um, man, that that was one of my favorite stories. When uh, oh, what I was listening to just the, just this morning was Chris was telling the story of when he told an intimate story about Helga on the show, and then like sent it to her right. And, and she, she was pretty upset. She got yeah. really upset, and then he deleted it. Um, but it was so stupidly classic. It was so stupidly classic. So I, I'm glad she's doing well. Please send her the regards from the Dopey Nation. But more importantly, I'm glad you're doing so good. And I know that, that people Thank are going to be so happy to hear you. And uh, and, I'm, you. and you're going to come to DopeyCon. I would love to. I would love to. You got to make sure you're not on the rotation. It's Saturday night, October 1st. Well, I mean, like for a couple months of, of, of notice, I can make stuff happen on a Saturday night. Nice. Uh, not so much on a weeknight. Like I'm always working on a weeknight, but on a, on a weekend night, Friday or Saturday, I have a little bit more flexibility. All right. Awesome. Um, you know, I, I constantly think about my life now and I think losing Chris was, I mean, single-handedly, I think, other than deciding to move to the U.S. Uh, from Venezuela, was single-handedly, like, the most pivotal, significant event in my life. And it, it forced me to take a look inward and uh, kind of reassess my values and live an authentic life. And I can really say that I am incredibly happy in a way now that I don't think I, I've ever been. And I think it was because of that experience and because of like losing him just kind of forced me to take a look at my life and say, Hey, like life is too short. You need to like live it the way that you really want to. Um, right. And it shows you what reality is. Like what reality. Correct. Losing correct. somebody like that. Uh, and what really matters. I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, because it sounds cheesy and cliche, but it's true. That's the reason why it's a cliche. Right. No, but also it's just like so powerful, so much love, so young. And like yeah. that loss yeah. is so intense that it just shows you the nature of reality. It really does. It shows you what's important. You know, I constantly get this feedback. It's like, why does nothing ever get to you? Why you don't get upset? I'm like, look, after you lose, after you lose somebody that matters the most to you, it's such a tragic way. I mean, you, you don't, you don't, you don't, things don't get to you. It takes like your threshold is a lot higher. Right. I, and, 
and you you really connect with loss, right? Which really helps in my job. Um, right. Because you you know you can't really lie to people. Like people know, people know when when you care versus when you don't care. Like true empathy. I, I was, and it's yeah. like it creates true resilience. Like I was talking to my Correct. therapist Correct. about about I, I had just something disappointing happen and and she was like I don't understand why you're not more upset and it's just like I don't know like you have to learn to to move on because shit gets worse you know and then it correct and, then, correct. and then it gets better and the next I think experience is going to be the birth of your son you know and it's like it's going to yeah. be profound and life-changing and, and I'm very excited yes. for you I'm very excited myself I can't wait all right awesome um I love to hear you and I'm so glad things are going so well. And I know, uh, thank you. It's really good to catch up. Yeah. It's always good to catch up and I'm excited to see you in October. Maybe I'll pretend like we'll see each other before October, but we, I can't believe that you've been in the Bronx this whole time and we never managed to do anything, but I'll, I'll blame myself. Um, no, I mean, I mean, I also work like a hundred hours a week, so it's not only, <laughs> you know, we got a dog too. We finally got a no dog. No way, really? Yeah, I, I lo love that for you. I love the dog. It's crazy. Of course you do. I love the dog. Do. It's crazy, crazy. Of course you do. All right. Well, thank you, Annie. And uh, let's stay in touch, obviously. Okay. I'll right. talk to you later. All right, cool. So what do you think about that? Two Annies on one episode of Dopey. It is so good to hear her doing so well and getting on with her life. And, um, it's amazing, amazing story. Uh, I'm not going to say anything else about it except, uh, I'm, I'm very happy that she's doing good. You know, there's, there's nothing better than that. So, um, let me know how you guys are doing. Send in an email, send in a voicemail. I got this voicemail from another OG dope, uh, randomly very recently. Uh, it's this dude, uh, Nichols, and he's been listening for a long time, and uh, he just got fucking uh, four years, so let's hear it for Nichols as well. You guys, send in emails, send in voicemails, don't be a fucking stranger, maybe you can get a pair of socks, leave a review, and if my dad reads it, you get socks. Or if you want a hat, maybe you get a hat, it's a bunch of hats, a bunch of socks, you'll see. I'm going to post some shit soon. I haven't posted some shit in a while. Like some fucking real shit. Like everyone's telling me I should be doing reels. Don't you guys think reels is like the devil? Like fucking you go on Instagram and you start watching reels and the next thing you know, like hours have gone by and you don't know what you've seen. You've seen nothing and your brain is soft. I'm like, maybe I should contribute to that. So look, look for some dopey reels. I'm going to advertise dopey hats on reels. But uh, here's Nichols. Dave, hey, dopey nation. Shout out to Chris, rest in peace. The kid calling from uh, Ypsilanti, Michigan, by way of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Coming to give you a little dopey mid uh, voicemail. Uh, big supporter of the fan. It's helped me through a lot of times, uh, especially that ending song, Good So Bad. You know, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis episode, that ending um, addition to that song. I kind of listen on a repeat of the hard days. And, uh, Con actually on my four year anniversary. Um, you know, it kind of goes back to a, a fish tour, the active fish tour days of being in the scene. And we saw Dead and Company down in Cuyahoga Falls at Blossom Music Center, one of my favorite venues. And, uh, you know, we went and 
left around 10 a.m. and uh, started having the drinks flowing and uh, had a few road beers down there and stopped at my friend's mom's house and had some food and some rods and it was hot that day and uh, party favors started coming out, a little cocaine and uh, other things and getting going, got caught up in the chit-chat, you know, we're late to the show, get to lot, you know, after waiting in line to get in the show. Um, walking around Shakedown Street and um, finding someone to give a ticket to and, you know, the time's a-wasting, you know, we're just drinking, smoking, fucking around and, uh, you know, by the time we actually, you know, got into the show, we missed most of the first set and, uh, like that show and many other shows, uh, I can barely remember what, what I really was going there to do to see the music and uh you know we leave the show and we hang out a lot for a while and um party flavors kept going on molly this and that and then we drive up back up to michigan i get dropped off it's about six in the morning and uh my chest you know started congesting and you know instead of you know maybe seeking medical attention i uh i had some lemon water and couple shots, some whiskey, and smoked a bowl of trees, and uh, kind of just calmed it down that way, and uh, let it dissipate, and uh, that's one of many, and, you know, this last week, you know, I saw a fish a few times, and um, actually at the same venue, and I have surpassed the number of shows I saw intoxicated, and uh, I go to the meetings at the shows, and you know, the 12 steps and all that has helped me a lot, but this podcast has always been there and I haven't caught up all the way, but it's a big vital part of my, uh, of my recovery. And, uh, I appreciate everything you do and, uh, keep doing what you're doing. Stay strong, dopey nation and toodles. Yeah. I love, I love the, I love anything I get from the dopey nation. And in that spirit, I'm going to play the battle rap from the one and only Scott Wick. And the backstory is people didn't like that Fentanyl J was shouting people out. So Scott Wick didn't like, didn't like that Fentanyl J had shouted out my dad while my dad was on the phone. And I think Scott Wick said, you don't shout someone out if you're on the phone with them. And then Fentanyl J came back and... Um, he shouted out Pompano and Scott Wick. So Scott Wick liked that and liked Fentanyl J. So he made a little song called Shout Out. Now, it's funny because uh, Shout Out sounds like chowder, which is the... I'm going to play... After this, I'm going to play some serious fucking Chris shit. Like, I was looking for little clips here and there, and I just settled on, on an episode. So first I'm going to play Scott Wick's shout out song and then we're going to hear we're going to finish this Christmas dopey day episode with a lot of Chris. So here here's here's Scott Wick shouting out Scott Wick. <laughs> dopey Nation. I just have one question. Hey yo Fen J, what's with all the shout outs? You got me shouting out, why you keep shouting out? Come back to Pompano, I'll show you how we shout him out. You be like, damn Wick, you fucking shout out. Yeah, I'm shout out. 
We shot the bags out, we got that street clout We ran them jits out, we opened shops Slides and socks on that trap lock We got that soft, that hard, that booby green and fake cart Firecracker drop one verse and then he hit a drought I still hold about, I still shout him out I'm dropping verses, all he do is sit, listen, pout He took another route, read between the lines like grout Shout out to Dopey Nation, Dopey Zoom, I'm shouting out Shout out to Mr. Allen, Dave and Linda, shout him out Shout out to Fed J, Dante Ray, we shouting out Toodles for fucking Chris, bitch, Wick Scott, out Let me know what you guys think of Scott Wick I enjoyed the shout out song My favorite line is something about spreading out like grout I like that I also like that you're still going after the original uh, dopey verse rapper the firecracker and I am aware this is two original dopey nation rap songs in one show and I didn't even plan on playing one I just mentioned Scott and then that dude Leonard came in with that old school uh, bugged out white hip hop dopey song you know referencing hooping the shooter I figured I had to put it in and if I put that in and I didn't put Scott Wicks in you know Wick would have caught a resentment I didn't want that shout out to Scott Wick shout out to the dopey street team um it's funny I'm really not big into shout outs myself everybody who's and I've gotten like 10 emails begging for no more shout outs I don't know how long Jay is going to be uh not on the show, but expect if Jay comes back for some shout outs eventually. Now, this is the end of the show. I really, really, really needed to include Chris in this show, and I didn't want to take little clips. I wanted to find an episode that I thought was special, and the episode that I stumbled upon was Dopey episode 16. And uh, for all you crazy, you know, dopes out there, just if you don't remember what episode 16 was, I'm going to tell you. I got to find the title. Hold on. Uh, episode 16. Man, I, I have to say that I love making Dopey. I love this little universe that uh, that we've created and that you guys participate in. And it's just, you know, it's thriving. You know, there are things that I wish it was doing better, but more or less it's thriving. Uh, and I a lot of it is you guys. So, um yeah, the descriptions weren't as good back then. It's Dopey 16. It says Massive Dose LSD Prank Phone Call. We're not playing the prank phone call. That was Chris's friend, Mark. We're not going to play the prank phone call on this Dopey Day Christmas extravaganza, but this is me and Chris back in 2016. Actually, maybe 2017. Either way, here's me and Chris. <laughs> Welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs and dumb shit. Sounds horrible when you say it. I, that's why I want you to say but it. But can't we say Dopey, the addiction podcast about nonsense? Sure. That's pretty good. Thank you. I like that one. Um, <clears throat> dopey, the dumbest podcast you could ever hear with the two biggest idiots you'll ever find, especially Chris. Yeah, that's pretty good. Thank you. You don't have to add your jab constantly. You know? just Welcome non-stop. to Dopey, Chris's dumb podcast. <laughs> today, today, we're going to try something different. Uh, one of Chris's friends in rehab town uh, upstate uh, is going to uh, do uh, this uh, 
phony phone call, which is actually incredibly funny. Uh, his name is Mark. Mark, and uh, it should be funny. Yeah, and so what's going to happen is we're going to play it, and you're going to listen to it. And then you're going to write us emails at dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Or check us at Dopey Podcast on uh, Instagram. Instagram. What but do we have? We have 30 followers now? I think we have 40. Okay, and you just followed like a billion people. So I, mean, no, I followed those are just 400 those. people, mm-hmm. 420 people randomly. I didn't do that on purpose, right. by the way. I really didn't. Yeah. Um, and uh, we have 40 followers. Which is uh, not looking good. Not a great ratio. <laughs> I don't. I can't even believe that uh, that um, that we have uh, almost eighteen hundred listens, and we've only gotten like five emails. Is it because the the other uh, seventeen hundred and ninety five people just don't feel like writing, or or what? what well, it's it not mean? even seventeen hundred and ninety five. It's really like a hundred thirty or something. Because you got to divide that number right by the, by the number, number of episodes. episodes. So we have about 130 people in the Dopey Nation. Hmm. And why do they keep listening? And if you keep listening, why don't you write an email? Do you know it would make us very happy? Jesus, man, take it you down can make it an anonymous email. and We'll just read it if it's funny. And you I can you were fucking tired. No, you're tired. Chris, <laughs> you to tell me when I'm tired. Yes, I know you. Chris, when Chris gets tired, he, he has nothing to say. He starts rocking back and forth on the couch, licking his palms and rubbing it against his head. <laughs> licking his palms. No. Is that a thing? Yeah. It's like some... SMI? Yeah. Um, why don't you just tell a story, Chris? Should I do a story? You might as well. Well, what do we got? Let's put this... Let's switch this little musical counter. Your time. Okay, we're at two minutes and 50 seconds. I can do a real quick one and then... We'll have Mark t- do his, uh, his his phone call. Mm-hmm. So, hold on. I want to say something first. Wait, what am I? T- what's the story? Oh, we'll do the LSD story. I want to say something. First. Is there any more chocolate left? I have chocolate chips if you want them. You ate all that? Yeah. It feels like oh no. Um, I want to say something. But you got to speak louder if you're gonna lay down. No, I speak very loud. Make sure the bars are going a lot. I'm out of cigarettes. I got a vape right here. It's I love donuts in here. Well, it's I, half I love donuts and half I love cookies. Let me try it. I love cookies. You don't have herpes or anything, do you? I no. I I don't love donuts. I ever tell you that really story why I don't love donuts? Me love cookies. Dave is making his own cookie. It's true. I started it. It's actually pretty good. Have you tasted it? Yeah, you gave me one. What'd you think? I thought it was good. You overthink it. Like, he, like, eats it, and then he sits there and, like, ponders the taste for, like, three minutes. You don't like, think Famous Amos sat there tasting his fucking wares? No. You don't I think, think Mr. Intimate fucking is like, this is too chocolatey, this isn't chocolatey enough? I think successful uh, entrepreneurs with cookie companies actually consider the taste of their product. Yeah, but they don't consider it for three minutes. They just take a bite, and they use it good? Nah, I'm I disagree. This vape shit tastes like crap. It doesn't taste like cookies or donuts. It tastes like, like I, I, it's another unicorn. Give me that. You don't deserve to have it. I need it. <laughs> I need. I, I was gonna say though. I was gonna say that. Um, I was gonna say. Speak louder. The bars need to register. They're not. They're getting. I've been listening dead. to the podcast, and I sound way too loud. Uh, I was gonna say that. I think this is an opportunity to be done with cigarettes forever. 
I think this is an opportunity to be done with cigarettes. I don't forever. even listen to smokers when they talk about quitting. What do you think? Stupid. Well, I don't have any now. I'm not going to go out and buy any. Are you going to sleep over? Probably not. Right. So I am not going to go downstairs with you. I am going to fall into my bed and go to bed. Then I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm not going to smoke. And it's going to be terrifying. Because I smoke first thing in the morning. Why don't you get some of the patches and the gum? The patches and the gum? I don't like that stuff. Do you think that would help? I don't know. What do you think? I said I don't know. Do you think that was the last Whenever cigarette? Whenever I quit, I just... No, I don't think it was the last cigarette. And I think this podcast sucks. I think you suck. Thank I think that was the last cigarette I'm ever going to smoke, and you suck. Okay. <clears throat> Tell your story. Okay, so... Back in the day, I was doing some drugs. Dude, you can't, you're not going to be able, I can tell another story if you can't tell one. Yeah, all right, I'll tell it. Well, actually, I remembered this story because we had Kate here earlier, and Kate lived in an area in Boston where this happened. Um, what, Pittstown? Yeah, Harvard Square, and then there was the pit in Harvard Square, which I don't really think, I mean, it's still there, but the pit. I think I would fall asleep, man. Do you want me to tell this or not? Yeah, I should I Should we just let Mark do his thing? Tell your story. All right. Are you going to listen? I need you to interject and mm-hmm. and smash me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, was, I would go to the pit, and the pit is where these like kind of grungy, purple hair, mohawk people would hang out. And you, he told Kate that he was one of the pit kids. No, I wasn't a pit and kid. I would Kate hang said, out with... oh, were you one of the guys from the suburbs who commuted in with your jacket and tie? And I said, bingo! No, you got that all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, because there was people from the suburbs who commuted... First of all, I wasn't in the suburbs. I lived... I mean, it was a train ride away, but like a subway away. You were an inner city pit kid? What color was your mohawk, preppy? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, this wasn't the smashing I meant. Um, see, you made me lose my, lose my train of thought. So, yeah, the pit was this area where people would hang out or kind of grungy, and I wasn't part of that crew. Um, but no. I would hang out there on Friday and Saturday night. Would you buy drugs from them? Yes. Were they always happy to see you? No, they didn't even like, – like what she said, there was like the commuters who came in who were just kind of like – Posers, and then there was like legit homeless people that would hang out there. But they were like homeless kids who were like kind of hustling, you know. Mm-hmm. They weren't like totally surrendering into oblivion, even though they were homeless. They weren't like uh, like train track and like stuff like that, you know. What's train track? Train track is like <laughs> when you see a really bad like homeless person. It's like someone who's been homeless for a long time. They end up on the train tracks. Dude, and that I doesn't was, even exist anymore. This is like 30, 40 years ago when people would just like jump on the train and be like, I heard there's there's work in Cincinnati. And then, yeah, and then they get Cincinnati. Like 60 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But dude, I think if I could ever come back as a homeless kid, you know what I'd want to be called? What? Train track. That's actually a good one. It's a good nickname. It'd probably be train wreck though. No, they're like, hey man, I'm train track and this is my dog, Durbin. And, and Why Durbin? Because that's what all these fucking anarchist kids name their dogs. What does that mean? Well, I think it's in reference to a strain of marijuana called the Durban Poison, which oh. is grown in South Africa. Hey, my name is Train Track. This is my girlfriend, Sienna. And this is our dog, Toilet. <laughs> it's funny you say that because this story is about a guy named Grenade. 
who sold me LSD, but I would always get drunk and accidentally, accidentally call him garbage. Yeah. <laughs> he was just off of me. So he sold me LSD, and uh, I was young, man. I was like 15, 16. Um, and this was the first time that I did LSD that was real. I had been burned a couple times at uh-huh. this point, you know, and this was the first time I did real acid. And uh, he sold to me, and he was like, Man, it's like open eye visuals and you know, trying to tell me how great it is. I'm like, fucking like whatever. I was drunk when I bought it. I was like, just give it to me, you know what I mean? And um so he gives it to me and I go home and it was a, a ten strip, you know, it was ten hits. They weren't perforated, it was just like a long cut strip with scissors. Uh-huh. And he was like, open eye visual, double dipped, all that bullshit, you know. And uh so I go home and I was hanging out with one of my friends from that preppy school that you love to smash. And uh, he just drank. He didn't even smoke I've pot. I've never smashed it. You smashed it five minutes ago. When? When you were saying a coat and tie and all that stuff. Didn't you wear a coat and tie? To school. So what's not wrong in the, with Not that? in the pit. Okay. Well, I didn't smash anybody. I just so anyways, this guy sings the praises of this LSD and I'm like, whatever, Did dude. you look like the kid in uh, Scent of a Woman? I never That's saw what I that. picture you as. Chris, uh, Chris O'Connor. I mean, Chris, uh, what's his name? Chris O'Donnell. Yeah, Chris O'Donnell. Yeah. And he wears a little jacket and tie, and he takes care of blind Al Pacino. Looks a lot like you, actually. Yeah? Yeah. He's a very sweet young man, unlike you. Um, anyway, so you buy the perforated... The no, there was... Perforated, un- yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so I go home, and I'm with my friend... Was J- this white? Blotter acid? It was uh, orange. I do remember. It was just... For some reason, it was orange. Mm. Nothing on it, though. Did it taste orange? No, tastes like nothing. They should have tasted. You know they say orange makes you hungry. The color? Yeah. I heard it's red. Um, Why do you think orange? Where did you hear that from? I don't know. Some guy. You have ten more minutes of this horrible <laughs> story. Yeah. Uh, well, we're gonna get Mark to fill in here when we're done with this. There's so, no way Mark is capable of doing a phone call that's less than forty-five minutes. <laughs> of stuff. It's very slow building. Um, okay, so I buy the acid. I go home with my friend who drinks, doesn't do any other drugs. He's pretty drunk. And we start watching TV, and I took half of it. So I took five hits of LSD. And the it, first time you took acid? The first time, hits? and it did end up being really strong Dude. acid. Yeah, and I wasn't in store for what happened. And no, I'm gonna, nobody's in store for SMI. <laughs> So uh, we're watching – I remember we're watching TV. We we're watching one of those like Skinamax movies, like the Cinemax wow, like, was like this porn. one of those notorious prep school jerk-off sessions it was, that you told it, us about? It was not. Um, but – so we're watching it and I remember what it was. It was – we were watching the Bear Wench Project, which was like a knockoff of the Blair Witch Project, right? Good. And I'm watching it and, uh, you know, the LSD just – obliterates the drunken and drunkenness just goes away LSD overpowers everything you know and it starts kicking in and I'd taken mushrooms a bunch but I was not in ready for like it is two different things you know and the LSD kicks in and I'm watching Bear Wench and I just remember being so confused when it kicks in because like I remembered Blair Witch but Blair Witch didn't have like people naked like running around and stuff, and I was like so confused. I was like, "What is this?" Like I could I couldn't make sense of it, you know. So I went upstairs, and uh, my mind starts clicking. It's blazing, you know. And I'm like, "I gotta." You don't think that's too much acid for your first time? Yeah, it was. It definitely was. Um, so I go upstairs, and I'm like, 
I ain't going to change the world with my thoughts. Like I was like, I was thinking so clear. So I started journaling in my notebook and I ended up writing 26 pages in this notebook. I, I, I remember I counted it the next day and uh, we'll, I'll get to what it said later on, but I wrote 26 pages in the notebook and uh, I did it in my bathroom uh, and I just sitting in my bathroom in my boxers and I was wearing plaid boxers and that's it. And I'm sitting on my toilet, like not using the toilet, just writing in my journal and I put the journal down and uh, this is very hard to describe and probably very difficult for people to comprehend while listening to it. So I'm going to try my best with you here. So I'm sitting on the toilet and uh, this is like kind of unbelievable. I've never had an experience like this with LSD except for that first time. And I'm looking at the plaid boxers, right? And you know how plaids is like a little square with kind of like lines in between it? I'm familiar with plaid, yes. Yeah, okay. All right, you got a plaid pillow right here. Um, so I'm looking at the squares, the overhead view and like the, and the lines. And I'm like, that looks like an overhead bird's eye view of a city. And so I look, yeah. And so I'm looking at the little lines. No, I just said, yeah. Who's Pete Mongean? He's a painter. Um, so I'm looking at the little lines in between the, the, the blocks, you know, with the blocks would be the tops of like the the buildings and the lines would be the roads and I'm looking closely and I see like looks like little like cars going up and down I'm actually hallucinating cars you know what I mean mm-hmm. and I'm like oh my god I'm like that's and I, all of a sudden when I see the few little cars it just exp- it just spreads out and, and inside my city I can just inside my boxers I can just see a bird's eye view of a city with cars everywhere and stuff and I'm like holy shit like you know, like came alive in my boxers. And so I close my, I'm, I'm sitting on the toilet looking at my boxers and I close my eyes and I lean back and I sit down and I lean back on the, on the, on the back of the toilet seat and I open my eyes and I'm standing on the side of the road somewhere. And whether I open my eyes or not, I don't even know. Okay. And I'm standing on the side of the road and I'm like, where the fuck am I? And there's people, I'm on the sidewalk, there's people walking by. I can't look them in the face. Their face is all blurred out. There are people walking by. How did you get there? Let me finish. So the people are walking by, and I'm like, where the fuck am I? Like, I was like, wait, I was like, am I in the city in my boxers right now? And, like, there's cars, like, coming by on the road. And, like, I can't make, like, perfect, like, like can't make people's faces and things out and it's like kind of like almost like a computerized city and and i'm like am i in the city in my boxers and then i'm like if i look up in the sky will i see myself looking (laughs) down (laughs) so i go look up in the sky and i see like my hairy chest you know like like gradually gradually i see this huge looming guy in the sky which is me and i see this like my hairy chest and then like i see my like collarbone and my chin and then i make eye contact with myself looking up from the city in my boxers and the second I make eye contact with myself, I'm back there sitting on my toilet and I'm like, whoa. So that's the story. That's amazing. It's pretty out there, right? It's pretty far out there. Oh, so the notebook, what did it say? The 26 pages. I read it the next day and it said, I know what it is. I know what it is. I forget. I remember. I know what it is. For 26 pages, just over and over and over. You know what it should have said? What? Severe mental Severe. illness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know if I if I described that well enough, but no, I think that's fa- it's a fantastic story. All right, we're, it's one we're, of, we're it's a little one tired of, here. It's one of the best um, 
LSD stories I've ever heard, to be honest with you. And Seriously? Chris, yeah. And Chris is like a psychedelic pioneer of sorts, a very unlikely psychedelic pioneer. Hmm. One of Chris's favorite things to ponder is um, the um, the psychedelic relapse as non-relapse. That's one of Chris's favorite things. And um, Chris is a a real a real like I always say he's a real preppy uh, suit and tie type, but he's a fucking psychedelic guy through and through. <laughs> you know, you meet these freaking hippies. And, like, you expect them to be psychedelicized. But there is nobody I've ever met as psyched, as, as Chris, the psychedelic preppy. Has anyone ever called you that? No. Did you ever wear psychedelic That would ties? be a great, like, tagline, screen name, something, the psychedelic preppy. Well, how so? You screen name. I don't know. Remember AOL? Remember AIM? Dude, you should put that as, a, as you your OK Cupid You remember AIM? Did you use that instant messaging? No. You're old. You know, Dave still orders food over the phone. Who doesn't? Everybody else in New York City. How do you do it? Oh. Through Seamless or through Grubhub. I don't like to do that. Yeah, you're old. You think that's old? I just don't. I feel yes, like they're going to mess it up. You know what it is? Not gonna, they literally get a printout of exactly what you You know ordered. what I think it is? I, this or is on the screen. Up. I, I work in a restaurant, and I don't trust these idiots I just feel like they're gonna fuck it up, and then I'm I'm never gonna get my food. If I don't talk to them, if I don't walk them through what I want, I don't think I'm ever gonna get my food. Yeah, you know. Um, there was something I wanted to say. Oh, I wanted to say that um, the reason I don't like donuts anymore is because I was tripping once in Ithaca, and um, somebody went and got donuts. And I ate too many tripping, and I can don't eat donuts anymore. Really? That you got an aversion? Yeah. That's I ordered the, the second time I took mushrooms. I went out to eat, and uh, we got a Caesar salad and clam chowder. And I ordered it, and we ate the mushrooms right before we went to the restaurant. And they started to kick in before the food came. And I was with this this girl, like my high school girlfriend, and um, she was like, "Where was she from?" She was from... Glasta? <laughs> no, she was from somewhere in the North Shore. North Shore of where? Of Boston. Did she say chowder? No, she Please. didn't have an accent. She no one had accent. There's not as many people that have accents as they... As Do you know anyone from the, Gloucester that says chowder? I don't know anyone from Gloucester. <laughs> Do you know anyone that says chowder? Yes. Who? Um, Sully. And what does he say? Sully from what? Sully from Boston. That's a running joke in California. If you say you're from Boston, they'll say, oh, do you know Sully? Who's there's, Sully? Because there's a billion Sullys. Sullivan. There's a, there's they call themselves Sully. I know seven Sullys. You, you know? do? Do they say Chowder? Probably. I love some of them. Are any from Gloucester? Shut up. No, I like this So we stuff. order the food. And just do me a favor. Can you order? Anyways, I got an aversion like you. To and Chowder. Blah, blah, blah. Can you just do me a favor? Sucks. Can you just do me a favor? What? Can you, just for my sake. No, I'm not going to do any sort of accent. Just one thing. Never. Just one thing. Does it require changing the inflection of my voice? Just one thing. If it requires the inflection. Just do me a favor. Change, then no. Chris, I've saved your life with this podcast. Can you just do me <laughs> one favor? You set me back, I'm, if anything. Can you just please do me a favor? Yes. I want you to pretend you're Sully from Boston or from Gloucester. And 
you need some glam chowder and you're ordering some on the phone. Can you just do I'm that? I'm not going to do it. because some I, chowder? I could do it, but I'm not going to do it simply because I'm, I don't want to placate. Not placate. I don't want to appease you. Please. I'm begging you. Nope. I'll tell you what. I'll do it on the next Chris, episode. Chris, no. Next time. Just go with me for a okay. second. Okay. No, no, wait. No, I'm not telling you. <laughs> you're Sully from Gloucester. Yeah. And you not only want... Some clam chowder. Yeah. You'd like some dark beer as well. Okay. And what else? What else? I'm gonna do it. Wait. Um. So you be like the restaurant guy. Bring, bring, bring. Donnie's by the beach. Hi, this is Sean Sullivan. Could I please get some clam chowder and a dark beer? Come on, man. (laughs) What? There it is. You had it. You're really not going to do this? Dopey episode 20. No. Listen, I really want you to do it once. I bet you could do it better than me. Clam chowder. No, 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 no. I can't. No, I want you to be the character. I'm not a character actor. You really think my girlfriend's too hot for me? Um, I think you scored big time. I don't think she's too hot for you. Can you just the character now? Hey. No, no, no. no. (laughs) Let's Let's do this correctly. Alright. Give me a good uh, bring, bring. what's a good sea seaside seafood restaurant? Little seafood. That's like a kinda nice place that everybody gets clean. Okay, we're gonna do this is our first sketch on Dopey. Okay. I'm what's my name? Billy? I'm Billy the seafood guy. And where is it? Legal seafood? Legal seafood. Bring, bring, bring. Hello, this is legal seafood. How may I help you? Hi, my name's Sean Sullivan. Yeah, Sully, what can I get you? Can I get some clam chowder? Chris, come on, man. <laughs> That's the best I got. You're not gonna do this, Sean Sullivan. All right, you be clam the you be chowder. you be Billy. Okay. Okay. Bring, bring. Legal seafoods. Can't you do that with a Gloucester voice? <laughs> All right. Legal seafoods. Hey, legal seafood. This is Sully down in Gloucester. <laughs> You're not even good at it. Uh, you know what I do for a living? What? I'm a Boston firefighter. <laughs> you know what I have a hankering for? Some clam chowder. Nah, some Manhattan chowder. And a Wicked Dog beer to wash it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good at all. It's not good. I think you should speak up. Or it's can, not good. Can you do it? No, I can't. We've been running out the clock with this banter. It's not, Dan would be pissed. I'm sure Dan is pissed. Dan can go. Hey, Dan. Dan said he liked our comments about Narcotics Anonymous. What else did Dan say? Did he say he wanted some chowder? No, he's. Where's hey, Dan's from Connecticut? Can you please do the accent? I can't. I really can't. Can I you don't try? do accents. Well, how was my accent? It was okay. It's better than mine. Just do it. Clam chowder. No, in the sketch. No. Just the do sketch. it in the sketch. Can I get some glam? <laughs> yeah, let's do it again, and I'll this be. I'll be. I'll be. This show is what hit a wall. No, and the psychedelic story was good. Yeah, but we're just rambling. Here, just do the clam chowder okay. thing. Bring, bring, bring. Hello, legal seafoods. Yeah, this is Sully. You got any soup? Yeah, we got some soup. What kind of soup? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of soup you got? We got some clam chowder. What do you mean chowder? We got 
What kind? You got Manhattan cheddar? The red and the white. All right, this is the worst. <laughs> Listen, I wish that we could have a call-in call in and we can get some real Gloucester people. What do you call someone from Gloucester? A fisherman. No, then like a Bostonian, a New Yorker. What's a somebody from Gloucester? Bostonian. Is that true? No. Can you say Gloucester with a Gloucester accent? Gloucester. There's actually little dialects, too, even within. Here, here. Like Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Like... Let's do it again. Okay. Bring, 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 bring. Pick up the bring. phone now, Billy. Nobody's answering. No, no, just bring. do it. Just do it. Hello, Legal Seafoods. Hey, is this Legal Seafoods? Yes. You got any lobster? No. What do you mean? I thought this was Legal Seafoods. Is this glass stuff, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> We're fresh out. You got chowder? Chowder. You know, Legal Seafoods has their own... Boats in Gloucester. Do they have Wicked Dog beer? Um, maybe Sam Adams. Okay, this this bit has gone on long enough. <laughs> I want to apologize to the Dopey Nation. I'm Do you really think sorry. Still listening? If we, I don't know. This is this the episode. Are we gonna air it? Yeah, we're gonna fucking air it. Good night. I hope Mark's uh, say it. What toodles? You don't say fucking Gloucester chowder or Wicked Dog beer. I'm not gonna say toodles. You said it. Mark, I hope you're... Maybe you Save could do a, this episode, Mark, with a funny... But maybe you could do a Gloucester accent for the he can, funny phone he call. He can. He's an accent guy. But we gotta... Mark, when you call, wherever you call, ask if they have chowder. Chowder. And if you can bring some Wicked Doc beer into the treatment. He should say chowder, and like he should infer that that's what he calls cocaine. Said he's been doing lots of chowder. (laughs) (laughs) It's not bad. All right. Good night. Toodles. All right. So that was, to me, a dopey classic. I think I've played the chowder bit on an old Chris episode. I don't know if I played the, the, the LSD boxer shorts one, which is one of my favorite acid trip stories I think I've ever heard, like, that's like a professional level acid trip story. And Chris always was the greatest psychedelic preppy in the history of uh, psychedelic preppies. Although, if you're out there and you feel like you have a psychedelic preppy story to beat Chris's, you know what to do. Send it into dopeypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I want to thank Annie Ellie from England for being so honest and forthright and, uh, and for getting her shit together. And I want to thank Annie from Venezuela who lives in the the Bronx for uh for getting on with her life and sharing her story with us and I just want to say that uh I'm very excited to have seven years clean and um I never thought I would have it and it's all because of uh of doing the fucking work that's it fucking uh acceptance service all that shit just doing the work and doing more of it and me and Chris used to talk about getting clean through, uh, forgot the expression we used, self, self-fulfillment, or I don't remember the words. But the idea is you do something that you like to do, and you keep doing it, and it's a chance to not be using. And if you're struggling, please reach out to somebody. And um, I don't know. The biggest point is, like, my life is better than it's ever been. It's because I'm sober like I've built a whole life because of sobriety when we started the show 
I had four months and I had nothing. I had a sublet apartment and I was a waiter at Katz's. Now I have a house and I do catering at Katz's. It's amazing. Um, but my life is a million times better because of, uh, because of my recovery. It's never what I wanted the message of Dopey to be, but it is true. And before we go, there is a member of the Dopey Nation who I've been hearing from. I've, I heard from him for a long time. His name is Noel. Maybe he pronounces it Noel. I don't know. But uh, hold on. He's very active in uh, Dopey Nation on Facebook. He actually knew my old sponsor, DB. He knew my friend Bobby Altman, who I went to treatment with, who is they both of them have been on the show. So I've always had a sort of uh, connection to Noel. And Noel just stopped doing Kratom. I'm going to read one of his posts if I can find it. And then I'm going to read his, uh, his voicemail if I can find it. But I'm not going to be able to find it because I didn't plan this well. Ay, 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 ay. Bear with me, everybody. Next week, I'm going to tell some fucked up stories from our vacation in Maine. A lot of shit went down in Maine. <laughs> a lot of stuff that, that should not have gone down went down. So stay tuned for that. We have some uh, big-time guests coming up. Maybe we'll have a Wicked Fire autumn if we're, if, we're, uh, if we're lucky. All right, all right, here we go. There's so many, uh, so many posts from this guy. Uh, let me see if I can find the, the good one. All right. Yeah. Da, 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 da. All right. He, he quit Kratom, you know, he's a drug addict and he quit Kratom and he's been posting a lot about it and he poured out a blue Powerade for, for Chris here. This was his day one of Kratom post. He says day one of Kratom detox. It's almost been 24 hours since my last dose. I was able to get some sleep, but I woke up at 2 a.m. and I haven't been able to go back to sleep. I've got comfort meds and everything else I need to have this go relatively smoothly. But as some of you know, detox is never really easy. I, I don't have to go back to work until Monday, so let's see if I can do this. I'm so grateful for the Dopey Nation for supporting me on another attempt at kicking this. Super grateful to the peeps who reached out. I even got a phone call from my mom wishing me good luck. Also grateful for Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, YouTube, etc. For when I can't sleep in the middle of the night, currently watching Kong versus Godzilla. Not a very high quality movie, but a decent kicking movie, I guess. Oh yeah, I also posted this update on my Facebook page <laughs> instead of in the Dopey Nation about an hour ago. I fell back asleep and just realized it. Several friends, family members liked the post and wished me well before I deleted it. I guess my cover is kind of blown. I never did Kratom. Seems like it's a really hard time for a lot of people. Uh, I think Noel just got 30 days, and here is his uh, voicemail. Hey, Dave, this is Noel. Uh, first time calling in. Uh, just wanted to say thank you for all that you do. Um, yesterday I celebrated 30 days free from Kratom. Uh, I've been taking it for the past six or seven years and uh, was finally able to stop as a direct result of the Dopey Nation Facebook group and going to those Dopey Zoom meetings. Um, I want to say thank you again to everyone out there and uh, I'll hit you with the Dopey stories in the near future. Thanks again, buddy. Happy Dopey Day, a.k.a. Christmas. 
Uh, stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. Thank you, Noel. I, I called him Noel. I work with a guy at Katz. His name Noel, and he spells it the same way. So I'm sorry, Noel. And uh, I think that was a great way to end the show. Uh, but I'm just going to play one last thing from Chris. And um, don't forget to put the fucking Dopey logo over your eyes for Christmas. Uh, if you're struggling, reach out to someone. If you're doing well, reach out to someone else too. Uh, let's keep the Dopey community as strong as possible. You know, you know who you are. If you're helping out, we appreciate you. Don't forget, August 16th, put the Dopey logo over your eyes in solidarity with the movement, the Dopey movement. Um, before we go, we're going to play one last song. Stay strong, Dopey Nation, and fucking toodles for Chris. I love Bob Marley. Um, yeah, but you like his old stuff. I like everything. I'm a real fan, you know? Okay, let's do a little Bob Marley song. You What's your sing. favorite Bob Marley song? No, no, we gotta. I gotta read one more, more stuff on here. Just relax. Ugh. What's my favorite Bob We're Marley doing song? Dopey. We're not doing Bob Marley. My favorite Bob Marley song. What's your favorite Bob Marley song? You fucking like idiot. Bad card. Let's do bad card. That's you like know bad my, card. I know it very well. It's a great song. I actually. My band used to cover that. It actually bad changes card. over time. You know. What does? My favorite songs. I cycle through different. Here, stuff. Are you ready? Yeah. Can you do it? No. Um, no, I can't. You go out tired to see me face. Can't get me out of the race. Oh man, you say I'm in your face. And then you drop back card. Draw back card. I make you draw back card. Propaganda spreading over my name Say you wanna bring another life to shame Oh man, you're just a playing a game And then you draw a bad card Draw a bad card I make you draw a bad card You make wrong moves I make you draw a bad card Here we go I want to disturb my neighbor Cause I'm feeling so right Alright, alright I'm really impressed that you know Bad Card It's a good song I think my whole opinion of you has dramatically changed One, two, three, forever in debt Building standing set Standing their ground to defend against the rest We're all at odds Don't forget your bets From the roof I yell You hardly break a sweat Sabotage is no longer camouflage Almost in the open so you better quit your jobs Can't say it looks too good It could be a mirage Pointed at your head Think it's time to dodge And I haven't paid my rent And my money's open spent Plan to take it over but I haven't made a dent I lost some folks I used to call my friends They'll all be back when I'm on my feet again But Sabotage is no longer camouflage Almost in the open so you better quit your jobs Can't say it looks too good It could be a mirage Pointed at your head Think it's time to dodge Forever's a long time Pay that kind of price Might think you saw it coming Could've just been the Northern Lights 
And a long time away is an hour, an hour from when Don't remember when it started Thursday or Friday or then again It could have been forever in debt Building standing set Back to the beginning Got no time to second guess And yes, I'm easily impressed The ways you do confess Control the situations by the moves inside your dress But I gotta go, got nothing left to say What time is the show, I can't anyone say I gotta go, got no more time today Tomorrow is a long, long time from today Tomorrow is a long, long time from today Tomorrow is a long, long time from today